Rowena Dooley asking Sol citizens to report for duty. That is not what this show is going to be about today. Welcome to the Soul Citizens. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG. And uh, yeah, we are happy to have you guys here. I know folks in the uh, audience have probably said, what? <laughs> Why'd you stop the show? Uh, but I'm here today with two wonderful people. Uh, on my right, we've got Big Black Gaming, BBG. How you doing, bro? Greetings and salutations. It's good to be with here with you, Griff. It's good to be with the Soul Citizens as always. Very great. Good to have you. And on my left, our special guest today, Kai Zinn from Black Sky Legion. How are you, buddy? I am fantastic. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Were you? Uh, did you like that opening, Kai? Was that? Uh, was that okay? Uh, I, I, I'm. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, hot ships in my area are looking for me. Let's go. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, we did want to have a little tongue-in-cheek, pardon the expression, fun with this uh, for escort service uh, and uh, talk about this idea of what it means to be an escort in the universe. That doesn't sound right, does it, BBG, being an escort in the verse? I don't know if that sounds... Uh -huh. uh, if that's the right way yeah, to say it. Yeah, you got to add something to that, like an escort <laughs> with a Polaris. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, maybe we have to figure out some other way to say it. But uh, we were having a really great conversation before the show started, talking about um, the possibilities of the Star Citizen universe, that there are so many things that people can do. And a lot of times people limit the ideas to maybe exploration and combat, but we know that there's medicine they're talk about science uh they talked about being a bounty hunter uh but then there's this idea of logistics and being an escort working as an escort ways that people can not only have fun in the game but also make them credits in the game uh and you know i'm always kind of curious guys you know have you i wanted to bounce this off you all this isn't on the sheet but people quite often talk about well okay let me let me say something okay Somebody I like to watch, DG360. Whenever he talks about Elite Dangerous, he always makes this like remark saying, Elite, but there's no dangerous, right? <laughs> he always says that a lot. Um, but in Star Citizen, people are always talking about how dangerous it's gonna be. You know, if you go here, it's gonna be dangerous. When you go into Pyro, it's gonna be dangerous. Um, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I believe that there's gonna be need for logistics and escorting and everything else. But what are your feelings about that? Do you? Are you the type of person that feels like whenever you go out, you're always going to have some people going with you? Are you going to be more on the risky side of things? Maybe you're going to do a little bit different homework and try and do it certain type of missions without having anybody accompany you, escorting you. I'll start with uh, Kai. You're the guest today. Let me hit you first. 
I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have to weigh out risk and reward. You have to weigh out your ROI. You have to weigh out, you know, cost benefit analysis for certain aspects, for certain activities. You're taking out that mole. You're taking out that, you know, a uh, very, very large ship. You're taking out a brand new merchant man and you've loaded up with stuff or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, it makes sense to definitely have uh, a, 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 an escort for other types of activities. Hey man, I'm just going to be flying around these boxes or doing a little bounty hunting, or I, I plan on, you know, <clears throat> hitting up this location mm -hmm. uh, and doing a little mining somewhere planet side or whatever, then, you know, it's not necessary. I think one huge thing that we have to keep in mind with regard to the overall topic of escort ships or escort you know, uh, gameplay in, in, in Star Citizen. And this is a very strong point that a lot of people overlook. People immediately equate Star Citizen ships with planes. And that makes mm. sense. And that is right mm -hmm. to a certain aspect, to a certain point. And so when they think escorts, they're thinking escort fighter planes and mm. that would escort bombing runs. Mm. And with regard to flying around in in uh, atmosphere, I think that that's a strong point, and it's a good it's a good analogy to use. But when you're talking about flying around in deep space, you're talking much more naval more logistics, type of whatever. Type of so thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for that, you're talking about an escort ship of the fleet of the of like the United States Navy, for example, fills a vastly different role mm -hmm. than an escort plane on a bombing run those right. are two very very different things and i think we really need to open our minds to the fact that we're looking at this if you're talking about spaceships in an actual galaxy sim it's much more mm -hmm. the naval side of things and in that way escorts could be you know combat support it mm -hmm. could be some form of of logistics it mm -hmm. could be this is a ship that's an escort to the fleet what's it do it refuels the other ships mm -hmm. or this is a fleet what's it do right. it's got maintenance people or right. it's got this or it's got that there's a lot of different sort of room for mm -hmm. a much more in-depth naval theme escort role than just when you're thinking airplanes good good point good point bbg your thoughts on that <laughs> I think that's exactly and precisely right. The the naval framework for this um, allows us to think very expansively mm -hmm. about what this can be. For me, I plan on, uh, it, it depends on what I'm doing to, to Kai's point as well. Like if I am um, bounty hunting, I expect a balance in the game that really discourages, for example, murder hoboism. I expect intercepts to be of purpose, mm -hmm. right? So pirating to be of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I want as much strategy to have to go into the thought process of the pirate board or the individual pirate mm -hmm. as it does into me and what I'm doing. Oh, thanks for the subscription. Thanks, Pops. Hey, thanks for the subscription. And, you know, so if I'm going out and, for example, I'm bounty hunting, then I feel like I should feel relatively comfortable in most sectors of space being stopped by officials mm -hmm. because I don't have anything on my ship and even pirates. They might go, oh, stop me, but I don't have anything and I can go on about my bounty hunting business. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going out and I am, you know, flying my hull D, right, or hull C, 
I am going to partner with mm -hmm. folks to help me move that product from A to B and B to C. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we're talking value and we're talking, I think this is right where this conversation fits yeah. in that type of activity. Okay. I, it's interesting that Kai would mention Naval because the information that I, I'm going to read to you guys uh, that I pulled together, by the way, I did not write this, so don't attribute this to me, but I, what you can attribute to me is me doing the research, kind of finding these definitions, which Kai, to your point, I pulled from Naval sources and then uh -huh. customized it for Star Citizen. So just kind uh -huh. of bear with here. Um, but but I was trying to present what I would what I've kind of thought the direction Star Citizen might go into when it comes to this. Uh, let me, let me, yeah, I, I will read it and then we'll come back to it and we'll let you guys get some, get share some thoughts on this. Okay. Let's take a look at this first one. Um, providing security, uh, as a trusted security service provider, escort support your success by securing, that is uh, critical shipments, your critical shipments with professional armed or unarmed operator teams, depending on your specific needs and the value of your transported goods, they may accompany and secure transports of various high valuable goods through, oh, bad typing, local destinations successfully from the first loading to the final delivery of the goods to receiving parties. Now, some of this is gonna be based around well, in, in the description here, I talk about a couple of different things, armed and unarmed. Talk about, as you mentioned, Kai, uh, escort service could be someone who's on your ship, somebody who's working for you that's actually on your ship. There could be people who are accompanying your ship. There could be people who are protecting your ship. There's a lot of different aspects of what an escort service can do. And Kai, I'm glad you said that we need to look at it from a broader perspective because even that fuel ship, the Starfare that's going with you is, can be a part of your escort service, right? Uh, mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a combat fighter. Um, the other thing I want to mention here, and I'll come back and I'll let you guys reflect on these is what we mean by high value definition of high value is rather fluid. The cost can range from a few hundred to a few million credits in case of industrial equipment, large quantities of high tech electronics or pharmaceuticals, for example, in addition to the value of the cargo and the amount of time taken traveling is also taken into account in any event. Every client is interested in ensuring that his valuable cargo is delivered on time with complete safety and minimal risk of loss and theft. So let me stop there. BBG, I'll go to you in relation to this idea of escorting, providing some form of security. Any thoughts on that? I think that's going to be in game, the primary formation of, of escort work. But I also think, and I think that, you know, it's going to be required both around certain types of vessels mm -hmm. and activity, but also within them, right? Mm -hmm. Within them, you're gonna have ships that are big enough um, that you may need security personnel on different floors, particularly where there is ingress and egress by mm -hmm. others, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I can imagine that as well. So when they talk about professional armed or unarmed operator teams, unarmed gets to this other idea that within the escort group, there can be lots of different functionality, right? There can be ship assist functionality within the escort group. There can be fuel and refuel within the escort group, mm -hmm. right? And then there can be, you know, what we find typically in our Navy as destroyer escorts, right? Mm -hmm. There can be escorts that are focused in on um, mine removal, right? Or mine sweeping, mm -hmm. right? And then there can be others that are ship to ship 
combat escorts, right? Um, so for me, you're securing the ship internally and externally. You're securing the ancillary vessels that have to escort big ships in order for them to function, mm -hmm. but you're also securing the space in six degrees of freedom, right? Like, yeah. you know, pirate groups may lay minefields and say, hey, you know, we can show you the pathway through this minefield for X amount of resources, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And you've got to make sure that you're paying attention to that. So there's lots of different things here. And I think it does tie to value, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and high value, I think, is, is going to be interpreted differently by different people, yeah. right? Yeah. Somebody might think this particular org has that armor I like. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I'm coming to get it, mm -hmm. right? Um, that may not be high value to them, but it's high value to that other person. So yeah, I think high value is right because, but it is in the mind of not only the the folks that have the item, but the folks that may want the items. Mm -hmm. True, because depending on, I mean, as this game rolls out, you know, one of the things we've talked about before when we were talking about mining is like right now the big thing is quantanium, right? Laronite quantanium, something along those lines. Uh, but you may find as this game continues to roll out and the economy gets built in that all of a sudden copper becomes a valuable commodity, something that people dismiss right now could later become meaningful or it could be meaningful in a certain system where in another system, it means nothing, right? Uh, so do you have to worry about when I'm flying through Stanton, if copper means nothing, but when I get into pyro, the value of copper is 20 times the value. Well, now it has become a high value commodity at that point, right? Um, and we've laid down the systems to make that go ad infinitum, right? Because right. right now you can take a particular mined uh, product and refine it. Mm -hmm. Those systems are in place so that we're eventually going to see stuff that is processed down and processed up. Right. So you might find that you know, in order to build out this particular space station in this new frontier, mm -hmm. we need an alloy that's a combination and, and of a processing up of five or six things. And yep. now there's this other thing that has value, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. very excited about all that. Kai, I want to go back to something you said earlier, because I've always been amazed. I, I'm not in the military, but I know you've been there. Uh, I've always been amazed at an aircraft carrier operation, right? The aircraft carries one of the most powerful ships in, in the seas. Yet and still, it is surrounded by a group of other ships, other different types mm -hmm. of ships that serve mm -hmm. different purposes, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just going to go out my Kraken and I'm going to do everything, you know what I mean, from my Kraken. But carriers also need support, right? 100%. Okay, can you talk a little uh, bit more about than, more, more than really anything else, carrier groups carry that's what it's called a carrier group mm -hmm. literally is is put together of a massive number of ships from destroyers and ships that you know and and there will be submarines that you don't even see mm -hmm. that are attached to the group you're going to have tender ships you're going to have gas like literally ships that have uh of uh, uh, like materials and processing and stuff you're going to have all just just a massive massive number of ships and and their purposes you know carrier is a massive asset and it is immensely strong it is it is the height of projection of power in one sense of mm -hmm. of, of you know what what that means mm -hmm. but at the same time because of its massive size it is 
extremely vulnerable in another sense. And, and so it requires all sorts of things. A carrier is, is really more of a floating town than anything else. Mm -hmm. And it, it, in order to make any town work, you, you need so many sort of logistical uh, aspects. And it, in addition to that, unlike other floating towns, this is a floating town that is a tool of war and will be targeted as such. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I want to go back to something that Walther's asking you about. He says, yeah, I've never heard of a naval refueling ship. And I think that's I wasn't referring oh, yeah. to it. Yeah, th there is. But this is what, I, what we're referring to is that sometimes people think of escorts as only being fighters and that there's logistics that can also travel along that are part of the escort, that are part of getting there. For example, oh. Uh, oh. I was say, for example, we talked about crossing pyro, something mm -hmm. as simple as crossing pyro. Um, there are some ships that cannot make it across pyro. They're, they're not going to make it across pyro. At some point, they have to refuel. You've got to have that refueler out there with you as a part of the escort, as a part of the team. Logistics, right, to get there. Uh, so I, I think that was what we were trying to lean toward. We're trying to get people to expand because some people, and in fact, today's show, most of the ships that I picked are going to be in relation to combat. And there's a reason why I did that, because I didn't want to get into too much theory crafting about what other stuff is. But I, I, but I, but we are going to kind of cover it from a little bit of a combat side in the sense of defensive escorts or protective escorts. Uh, but if you want to talk about, we've had a show on logistics and we got into logistics. That's when we started talking about all the other different types of ships that were out there. But that's the reason why we, why we did mention that. Okay. And, and, uh, and we're going to talk about some of these in a second. Was there something else you want to say, Kai? I'm sorry. I know you were. I was just, I was pointing out that, so modern United States uh aircraft carriers are nuclear based mm -hmm. but the there they have a as we just said you you will have you know 20 plus ships out there with them and not all of those are the same you mm -hmm. will have fuel ships you will have uh like i said every every aspect of logistical and defense support is there including tender ships there's yeah. literally ships whose job it is to like <laughs> hold groceries and deliver stuff like that mm -hmm. it's it's crazy yeah. it's crazy yeah and the other thing too bbg you talked about what's high value right i mean there's the aspect of what we're carrying but even the ship itself right i mean not to be funny the loss of an aircraft carrier is huge right you Massive. know what i mean so and you mentioned it kai it's like a floating city so protecting that asset alone has, let alone what the asset is going to go do, but just protecting it itself, the value of losing a carrier. Um, you know, we always joke around, people talk about taking out ships and Star Citizen, but I, I, the loss of a Kraken, oh my God, I can't even think of what that is. You know what I mean? It's a, when you look at what that ship has and everything that's in it, that's no small thing. Uh, so being able to protect these ships, yeah, Kraken can be tough and yeah, but you know, I think even when they did the Kraken video, there were other ships out there flying around with it. It wasn't out there by itself. You know, maybe I'm wrong. At least I thought there were some other ships escorting it. But anyway, let's go ahead and jump into this, guys. I'm tired of hearing myself talk here. Uh, oh, we got a raid. Uh, Star Jump, Ender. Hey, Ender. Good to see you. Thank you for that raid. Hey, Party of nine. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, Absolutely. Star Jump fans. Thank you guys for joining us over here for escort service today, talking about uh, the whole idea of escorting and logistics in the star citizen um guys i picked these out based on this on the star citizen website so if there are ships that don't fall into the classification or if you don't agree with the classification don't blame me 
I'm just going to tell you what CIG says, and we know the CIG is going to rework all these ships later on anyway, so just take it for what it's worth today, okay? Uh, so I'm going to bring up some ships, and I want to get some feedback from BBG and Kai on each of these differences. I'm not going to talk about them that much, but I'm going to let them talk about them. So let's start out with this first one. This one is a very popular one for a lot of people. I, I just want to know, guys, because I they don't know what I'm going to ask them about this. They just have the list. My question is, how do you feel about this as far as it being a ship for escorting? Pros, cons, nah, I don't like it. Yeah, I do like it. Uh, I'll go to Kai this time. I'll go to BBG this time first. BBG, uh, any thoughts on the, the arrow, the anvil arrow? Yeah, I, I love the arrow. Um, you know, the, 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 the fighters that we're going to talk about today are fighters that I like a lot. Um, what we're learning about the arrow in the Stanton system tells us that it to, to play a role of escort and support in systems like pyro means that the arrow is going to need a form of support to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the arrow can't go far across the Stanton system without needing to refuel itself. Right. Mm -hmm. So for it to perform its escort function, right. For it to be off the deck, you know, to be the alert fighter in the air or in the, in space, around some asset, uh, it's not gonna go far without a refueling support function, right? Mm -hmm. Which is part of the reason why I think we got the, the development of the refueling gameplay that we do have with the Starfare is because, you know, as we started to, to zero in on these distances, you know, Griff, you referred a lot of times to how it used to take 15 minutes to go anywhere, 20 minutes, 25 minutes to go anywhere across the system and they've sort of, narrow that down a bit but when you see the the amount of quantum that comes out of <laughs> of your arrow when you are trying to go anywhere um and how far you can't go in an arrow it becomes clear that you know the role that it can play is limited by itself right so if you got a couple arrows escorting you you're really talking about um in planetary system escorting right so you're talking about, for example, if I want to go from moon to moon and to microtech and around the microtech, you know, sort of planetary system, mm -hmm. you're not necessarily talking about solar system or system-wide escorting without some other forms of support. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I love this. I love the ship. I love its capabilities in this area. Yeah. But it isn't that long-term, that long-distance fighter. Okay. Kai, okay. any thoughts on the... Uh... Anvil arrow? So I, I absolutely love it for the role of an escort. And, and again, here's why. It comes back to the point that I made before we started that with regard to when you think of an airplane as an escort fighter, it, BBG is exactly right. You want something with that range to get it done for the long term to loiter on position. Mm. When you look at the arrow and the gladius coming up here, when you look at them from the aspect of a naval escort they fill the role of what you have in in naval fleets of a cap a combat air patrol so the gladius and the and the arrow would not be as useful for a long term hey we're going to fly out here and be in in a combat patrol for you know eight hours loitering with this uh, bomber that we're gonna whatever they're more smaller ships that are being launched off the decks of your aircraft carrier role in this in this scenario and they're flying they're like you've got you've got maybe three to four planes 
or in this case, small strike fighters flying a defensive combat air patrol around your uh, uh, fleet, mm -hmm. as well as maybe two to three other ships that are on ready five, that they're ready to take off as soon as shit jumps off. And now you've doubled your effective combat air patrol range. So absolutely, BBG is 100% right. They're not as good at long-term loitering. There are other ships to fill that niche. Mm -hmm. These are your close-in combat air patrol ships. Okay, okay. BBG, since uh, Kai gave us the, the segue into the uh, Gladius, any thoughts about that one? Yeah, um, so I began with the Gladius, you know, in the sense of I felt like this was going to be the Squadron 42 fighter, given the vertical slice we saw. Mm -hmm. So I, I dove into the Gladius first and most deeply mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to be ready mm -hmm. for, for Squadron 42. Um, and so I feel most comfortable in, in a Gladius uh, more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you jump out of it into something like an arrow, you see the real differences, mm -hmm. right? Um, the Gladius feels like a more all-around fighter, but I still think, to Kai's point, it fits that um, close air patrol mm -hmm. uh, and not loiter on station um, role. Okay. So I feel like the Gladius and the Arrow are a lot closer to each other than they might be to any other fighter in the game mm -hmm. uh, in terms of that, that role. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right, then we're going to throw the third one in, which brings us up a different level here with the Wardens. Uh, Kai, go to you first on this one with the Warden. So, uh, again, as we said, there's going to be several ships that fit several different roles. Um, with regard to the first two, they definitely fit sort of more, like I said, uh, combat air patrol, like a, a, a mm -hmm. light strike crafts. The Warden, you're talking about now, well, with all of the vanguards, but but specifically the Warden, this is your, your heavy fighter. This is your extra sort of time on station. This one more can loiter. So this is one you're going to send out for more of a sortie going out you know, farther from the actual fleet. Mm -hmm. When when you're actually projecting force in, these are, are ones that you're going to try to send in for more of that sort of longer range uh, sort of assault force. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that along with that, you know, you're going to have ships that fit roles of like an e-warfare type mm -hmm. of, you know, you're going to have what you call in, in what what the air force and the navy calls wild weasels which are like their job is to you know do anti uh anti-aircraft so anti-anti-aircraft ops so so you know you're going to have anti-aircraft fixed positions or whatever that are trying to get rid of your your projected power mm -hmm. and these guys are more along the lines of keeping that you know up okay okay yeah, the, the warden. The warden reminds me, and Kai, you, you may correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, you know, I spent some time. At, I was at the Air Force Academy as a cadet, and you know, you get an opportunity if you do well to get in things like an F-111F, right, an Aardvark. Mm, yeah. And the warden reminds me of that, right? Mm -hmm. Something that brings a bit more overall capability and heaviness to the table. Um, and is a little bit more multi-role 
Mm. Right. Um, that's why the, the Vanguard series has as many iterations as it does, because it can do a little bit more yeah. uh, across the board. Uh, and I think you're exactly right. This is the one that you send out uh, ahead of your escort group to say, make sure that when we arrive at point B, point B is clear. Right? Yeah. I, and, <laughs> Where, and, and the Sentinel on the e-warfare side of that. But yeah, but this one as well for, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. All right. We're going to go here. And uh, just real quick, Griff, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last thing I would say here is that, you know, we're testing the game now. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to have a lot of different experiences with, for example, fighters that I think the next step we take, particularly the pyro step is going to reveal, you're not going to be able to use fighters any old way, mm. right? That the things that we're talking about today are going to have to be part of your thinking and strategy when you begin to deploy these, uh, these vessels, because, you know, pyro is big and we haven't really experienced how big it is, right. but you know, you're not going to be able to just jump across the system or even make those little, you're going to be there all day with one of these fighters. So this is really about how you connect these fighters to an overall package and plan. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to take some adjustment from us. You know, like the psychology of that experience is going to be interesting for players. Um, and I think we're going to get our first taste of that in Pyro. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is what the Navy calls SEAD or SEED, which is uh, suppression of enemy air defenses. And this is, yeah, that's what you're dealing with there. I mean, yeah. e even now in Stanton, there are some fighters that have to stop twice trying to go from, I know from our, from our corp to Microtech. If I take a Sabre, I think it is, I have to stop twice. Yes, you I, do. You cannot make that, cannot make a full run. And, and Stanton is way smaller than Pyro is. So for people who, and I'm, I'm, guys, I'm not saying this to tell you to buy ships, but for people who might only own a fighter, when they get into these other systems, they're going to have to start figuring out other ways to transport by either riding with other people or earning different types of ships in game uh, so that they can move about. Or you're going to be waiting at the spaceport to jump into uh, DK's uh, Genesis. <laughs> so he can take you wherever you got to go. But, but there are a lot of ships that, as you mentioned, they won't be able to travel certain distances uh, just because they're, they're just not capable to do it. And again, Stanton is a one of the is a much more of the smaller systems there are systems bigger than pyro that we will be we have to get across which takes us to the next subject transport um actually i'm going to break this up guys because i meant to put these in two separate categories which you see on the sheet but i'm going to sure. start with this one the liberator uh <laughs> kai let me start with you on this one this was a surprise ship we people have been asking for some type of carrier pocket carrier some type of uh -huh. transport for a while and uh -huh. uh, cig delivered the anvil liberator to us and what are your thoughts about this ship right now? It may not seem practical in Stanton, but what happens when we get into bigger systems? So what it looks like and the role that it fits are exactly what in the Navy you, you call an LCAC. This is a, so LCACs are, uh, what is it? Landing craft air cushion. It's these big ass hover boat type jobbies that you can throw a lot of Marines and trucks and some heavy equipment on they hit the beach fast and roll out and then everybody scatters it's it's like 
it, it, it's the modern day version along with the ability to deliver sort of mechanized uh, 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 infantry. It's the modern day version of what you saw all those ships were hitting the beach on in Normandy Beach and in, in, in Saving Private riding, Ryan or whatever, where it's like, this is a carrier that brings other stuff for rapid insertion. And... You know, you you could use an in this case, you could use the Liberator as sort of just a hey, this is a mini carrier as well. You absolutely could, and it fits that role. Uh, interestingly, although I think uh, uh, onto our subject of 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 uh, uh, escorts, this ship would be one that definitely would need an escort in my mind. Next. That was my next question. Is this hundred percent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Because otherwise, you're just feeding the enemy logistics. But. Uh, <laughs> But I, I, I think this is neat. The only thing about it, and this is, a, this is a critique that I have of a bunch of Star Citizen ships, mm -hmm. I don't like the name. The Liberator was, in, in United States history, Liberator was a very powerful bomber that was like just liber like oh okay uh but but i i love i love the ship i love the role it's not i think you're exactly right in in stanton it doesn't make all that much sense in the future um uh in in systems like pyro or whatever this ship makes way more sense and in situations where if things change their system now you can fly to wherever in stanton and then just quote unquote insurance claim your ship and have your crap delivered there and just be like, yeah, that's cool. I'm just going to hang out for a half an hour, do other stuff, do some missions, and my ships will magically be transported here. If you deal in a world, and, and man, this every system in Star Citizen is up for grabs. It is continually <laughs> evolving and becoming more deep and rich. And when all of a sudden that just cl insurance claiming your ships and having them instantly pop up there mm -hmm. if that were to disappear i have no inside information do not burn shit yet but if that were to disappear and all of a sudden it was a situation of hey you have to pay a fee to transport your assets mm -hmm. from point a to point b this ship becomes much more viable and much more worthy of your attention mm -hmm. okay okay bbg you're grinning over there so what are your thoughts about the uh Oh, yeah, Thank you. I don't like agreeing with somebody so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Moriarty. <laughs> I don't like agreeing with somebody so much. No, I, I agree with everything Kai said. What for me, I think um, the the features that would have been described around this ship. I mean, the language that they use, uh, CIG uses, is this idea of an open air vehicle carrier, the tradition of long range transport with smaller scale. So for me, this ship can do a couple of things, but it's not going to do it with masses of um, transportable assets, right? It's going to do it with a couple of transportable assets. But with those couple of transportable assets, you're going to be able to get system to system. You're going to be able to go across systems. But, you know, some of the pictures that we see of the Liberator also show it, you know, not at the forward edge of the battle area, but at least bringing assets right to the battle area. We see it dropping tanks out the bat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, this ship for me is, you know, for those folks who don't have a Kraken, who can't afford to ask a player with a Kraken asset to unleash the Kraken. Right. They, this is, these are for the folks that go, hey, who's got a Liberator? And I'm telling you, when Pyro hits, the folks that have Liberators are going to be making the money first and foremost. Right. Because everybody's going to think, oh, man, how am I going to get across this system? Mm. 
and the and the liberator owner is going to be the first person to be able to step up and go you too i got you mm. right yeah. where do you want to go right and they can drop them very quickly so i feel like this one is the one that um you know if orgs aren't bringing out krakens and they're bringing out these big massive vehicles but you still need long-range transport um that can move th this is the ship i think this was a very well um authored ship idea because it fits that niche of um you know long-range transport carrier-like features but on a smaller set and it, it fits multiple niches because if you're a large org, this is an LCAC. If you're a teeny tiny group of two or three friends, this is a carrier. Like it, right. it's it's right. the scope of what you're dealing with. It fits multiple roles well. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay. All right, we're gonna go from transport here to uh, with a title command. Um, is that, oh, uh, is that 11 hangar? 11 hangar, 111 hangar, ill's hangar. Thank you so much for that sub. We do appreciate you. Thank hey, you for thanks for the subscription. Thank you very much. So I thought about this ship from two perspectives, right? Um, it being a part of an escort uh, or being a command ship in an escort, uh, particularly in, from the aspect of the fact that it can, as you mentioned earlier, carry fighters like arrows, uh, like Gladius is on it, if necessary. Uh, let me go to uh, BBG this time on this one, on the Kraken. Uh, what are your thoughts? This is a freaking big ship, but what do you, what role do you see it in the sense of this escort service? So when we talk about capital class ships that themselves are transporting massive numbers of, um, you know, uh, combat assets and other assets, the Kraken seems like one of the pinnacles of opportunity for players and orgs. Um, to maximize that idea, mm. right? And to give themselves, what this ship does is give you a lot of freedom mm -hmm. uh, to move uh, in system and across systems in ways where at a minimum, you are bringing uh, combat fighter assets to the table should there be any issues, mm. right? There are some turrets on the Kraken as currently conceived, um, but we don't see a lot of missiles. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, your outlying protective assets are your fighters that are on board this ship. Mm -hmm. And then the turrets are for the things that get inside that circle of combat mm -hmm. uh, and get closer. But there are no real missile assets. So for me, when we see the picture that you have displayed here, for me, that's right. You're going to need not only the assets that are on there, but you're going to have to treat this as, you know, that, that carrier, that super carrier group or that carrier super group in the naval context that we talked about. Mm. Um, I don't expect orgs to move Krakens without moving 20 other ships alongside them in a group. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, may or may not be counting the ships that the Kraken itself carries. Mm. Um, I think you're going to need fuel support. You're going to need cargo and logistics support. You're going to need a whole bunch of supports um, to make this thing make sense. But when you need to deploy power to control space and you need to bring ships to bear, this, this will get a, plenty, a lot of ships there in a, in, in a meaningful way. Right? So that's, that's the way I see the, the Kraken working. Okay. Kai, you, we, we, again, we were talking about the carrier early, earlier, Mobile City. 
uh, the, as you know, this thing has decks, 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 areas, areas for bikes, uh, internal hangers. Uh, I think there's seven decks on top of it. Uh, a lot of personnel on this thing. Uh -huh. uh, and, and in some ways it could be looked at as a command ship, but in the area of escorting, uh, is there a reason to break this monster out? You know, is there some reason why this is going to be definitely, you know what? I think if we're going to be doing this, we need to have maybe a Kraken with us. Is, mm. <laughs> is there any thoughts you could think of for that for escorting? So there's a couple of reasons. Number one, this is exactly as BBG just said, this is the ultimate projection of power from the standpoint of you're doing, you're, you're launching and scrambling fighters to, to you know fit whatever role whether it's a combat air patrol to just protect your fleet or whether you're sending them to a location to assault it so that it is softened up and primed for your LCACs to come in and drop off a bunch of marines to now own stuff mm. um also you know <laughs> let's not lose sight of the fact there's the rule of cool and while i just in the last segment uh, uh criticized some of the naming conventions in Star Citizen for some of the ships. Mm -hmm. I think for this one, the number <laughs> one reason why you're going to go ahead and deploy this ship is so as an admiral, you can yell out over fleet comms, release the Kraken! <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I just, I, it's this, this is great, a great ship uh, and, and, and the role that it, I, I, I do... Uh, again, on the overall subject of escorts, I, I was having a conversation with a friend earlier today, and his uh, concern with regard to Star Citizen is, uh, with regard to certain uh, things in certain games, um, the AI is so incredibly powerful that you start to feel like you are not really able to keep up uh, it, it, as a as a as a player. And his observation was that he's been watching some streams of certain um, um, Star Citizen content creators, and they've been talking about like, yeah, man, when this thing drops, they'll have all the blades worked out and the AI, and I'm going to go out there on my own with this <laughs> mahoosive ship, and I'm just going to be dominating stuff. And I don't see that at all. Uh, so I want to put a caveat for, for if you're that guy that thinks, ah, I'm going to blow all kinds of monies and I'm going to own stuff with this ship. You are going to be feeding the enemy logistics. This is a ship that is for large orgs. This is, if you have a large group of people and you have a lot of actual players ready to, to, to launch from this thing, man, this is a fantastic, this is a fantastic thing. But if you're thinking that you're going to go out there and, you're going to have 90 AI pilots, you know, launching off this thing and you're going to just single-handedly own shit, man, you, you, you got a, a bad awakening coming to you, a yeah. rude, rude awakening. Let me ask you a question, either one of you, is this the ship that we're talking about also that when we talk about escort that we're talking about, uh, not just the ship, but the human personnel, because AI <clears throat> hate to say this, but AI can't put out the fire for you or right. swap out the component for you, um, you know, or for security when you're about to be breached. Uh, what, what happens in this area when you have ships this big, when we start talking about escort service, uh, and let's just assume that it's the Kraken. Let's assume that the Kraken is what needs to get somewhere. And I know Kai, you said, if you've got an org, that might be the, uh, maybe an issue. Um, 
you know, who's, who's watching the store on this? Who's minding the store from a security perspective when you got to ship this big? Well, I, I think that, you know, when you pull a, it, it depends on where the ship is, right? If you're mm -hmm. pulling the ship out or if you're moving the ship in a high security area from uh, one location where you've stored it to another location where you might be wanting to upgrade it, for example, mm -hmm. I can imagine a skeleton crew or a couple of folks mm -hmm. simply piloting a ship to a place, okay. right? To, in order to get those things done, right? right? Um, it's very much like um, big yachts that the wealthy own, mm -hmm. right? When the family is on the yacht, the yacht is fully crewed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But when the family asks for the yacht to meet them in Barcelona, mm -hmm. it might be a skeleton crew that brings the yacht over, right? Mm -hmm. Right. right. Um, and so, you know, from that perspective, when you pull it out and, and you're moving it, it might be that. But when you're in operate full-on operations, you know, I think that Star Citizen um, in its conversations around groups and NPCs and blades has a tripartite uh, ish set of issues to solve, mm -hmm. right? The maximum gameplay experience, in my view, mm -hmm. would be, uh, you know, 80 individuals on this ship, everybody trained to their role, um, comms, uh, resource management, all that stuff. Uh, operating in such a way that people are able to to operate the Kraken as the deterrent that we imagine it can be. Yeah. And my hope is that, you know, an individual who buys a ship and, and fills it with NPCs can get some level of performance, but never that level. Yeah. And that AI blades are even worse because to your point, Griff, they can't put out fires. Right, right. And I, and I right? do want to go something that Prisoner said since you just said that. Uh, in, in Prisoner, that's why I focused in on blades and not NPCs. Because even NPCs, I mean, if you guys haven't looked at the, the schematic on a Kraken, it's going to take you freaking five minutes to walk from one end of the ship to the other, maybe six minutes. And again, even if you've got NPCs, how are you? And we don't know yet, right? I, I don't know. How do I tell the NPC that's in engineering to go do such and such? Will it be via Moby Glass? Do we have to interact with them? Does it, is there a comms thing? I mean, I, we don't know yet. But my, hmm. but, but my question is, is that uh let's say I've, let's say i've got the kraken let's say i've got uh eight of my friends on there let's say i've hired four npcs and now there's a, a boarding party that is somewhere or other disabled my ship and they're trying to get in it you know you know we talked about that internal external aspect of being an escort service hiring security people being in there <laughs> you know there's a lot of logistics going on there and you know i guess my question is how do we start thinking about that level of logistics and management for a ship of this scale? I don't want to stay on the Kraken all day, but this is like, a, this ship is huge. If you guys have never looked at the schematic on this thing, it is it has a freaking train that runs through it. It's, it's a tr trolley yeah. or something. It's huge. You yeah, know, this so, is the big dog. This yeah. is the big dog. Yeah. And, and, and the, when you said like, well, what happens if you try to do this with just a couple people and blah, 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 what do you do? My point is they, as soon as you said that, I thought of that meme of the guy where he goes, well, guess I'll die. Like, that's what you do. <laughs> like if you got a boarding party and you're counting on the AI, when the shit hits the fan, come on, we, this is star citizen. When the shit hits the fan and you're being attacked by 40 other players in, in a armada of ships ships 
here's what's gonna happen. The server is gonna chug, and all of your defenders are gonna be standing on tables. Good luck! Take friends! It's dangerous to go alone. Take a friend. We learned that shit in Zelda. Don't forget it. Actually, that would be funny to turn around. You tell everybody to go, and you look down the hall, and everybody's standing on top of chairs. That would be hilarious. I mean, it would if be hilarious. you're being assaulted in a Kraken, there's a lot of people close to you. The server's going to chug, bro. <laughs> okay. BBG, is there anything else you want to say before we move on from that? Try to imagine that. That's that. That is going to be a meme. That's going to. That's going to be a new meme. Um, yeah, I mean the the these types of ships. Um, you know, we've gotten an opportunity, for example, to go on a javelin, a portion of a javelin, walk yeah. a couple of halls in a javelin, right? Right. right. Uh, and we've seen um, meaningful walkarounds on an Idris. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the big dogs, mm-hmm. and. You know, this type of ship, I'll come back to this language of deterrent and cost, right? The way we want to experience them in the, in the game is that they provide a deterrent for malfeasant behavior, right? It shouldn't be, when you see something like this, the same idea of, oh, I can attack that arrow shouldn't come to you as, oh, I can attack that Kraken. This, this is the type of ship that should make you think twice, three, four times about it. Right, like, hmm, I, but, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's gonna, there's gonna be a real cost to doing this. Right, and you're you're a hundred percent right, uh, uh, BBG. But at the same time, that it is a deterrent. If you've got the right setup as an assault force, it's a target. So, like, you have to know the United States when they send out a, a, an aircraft carrier group. There's a reason why they come heavy because not only right. is it a big stick, but it's also a big bullseye, and they got to be ready to defend that at all times. Yeah. That's right. that's the whole point of this 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 show. That's that this is not just a gimmick. This is not World of Warcraft where escorting means talk to NPC with an exclamation point on his head over here, click on him and walk with him to there and then click again and you're done. Like this is some deep shit that you gotta be ready to, you gotta be ready to bring it. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, that's exactly my point, right? Which is you, this, this, the escort function that we're talking today is a requirement around these types of ships, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. You can't really imagine an org bringing a ship out like this. Mm. I don't even want to see an NPC cracking out (laughs) without meaningful escort, right? You would never see an aircraft carrier uh, from the United States out without its Ticonderoga cruise missile cruisers, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. You just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, even if it was just going to get repaired, <laughs> right? you just yeah. wouldn't for the same reasons that Kai has talked about across this stream. So for me, when we think cracking now, we need to think cracking group, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we think these big ships, we need to be thinking of the group that comes with them. And we've seen tastes of that around um, when, you know, when we see the javelin come in, with a couple Idrises and things like that. Right, right. But I think as the game evolves, we're gonna see more and more uh, thoughtfulness around that and more ships. Well, and and it, don't, it, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 I was gonna say, that's the reason why I picked this particular picture of the Kraken, because if you notice, there's a caterpillar out there. Yep. And my question was, 
is that caterpillar carrying something that's extremely valuable and the carrier is actually there for it? Could be. We don't know what it would be, or vice versa. The carrier, hey, as you mentioned, is bringing all the supply, food. Yes, yeah, supplies for, oh. the, for the for the yeah, <laughs> yeah supplies for a the tender for ship the thing, right? But but again, you, there's multiple ships in this scene that we're looking at right now, and and, 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 and mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, and, and keep in mind, as we all know, the Caterpillar is being reworked and is modular. Mm -hmm. That could be an assault ship that has like a Marine unit that's yeah. there and they're ready. Like when they do all of this modularity mm -hmm. or whatever, Caterpillar mm -hmm. isn't just going to be cargo, right? a cargo ship. Mm -hmm. it, it's going to have lots of different roles. Yep. But and the healthy org, the healthy org will configure their ships in lots of different ways to keep enemies on their toes. True. Right? And and just just please take my advice no ai don't don't count on the npcs to save you if you get assaulted i want pops and fists with larkwell bows on either side of me i want griff working engineering and fast car throwing out banana peels on the way in <laughs> all right we're gonna move past the kraken uh, let's go to this one. The hammerhead, the hammerhead. Oh, now we're changing, by the way, these, these classifications right now, CIG considers the hammerhead to fall into the category of gunship gunship. Uh, so Kai, let me go to you first on this one, um, for escorting any thoughts about yep. the hammerhead. I, I, so while you have, you know, uh, um, it's hard. The Kraken is a ship that has so many roles that it can play. On its own, it is a projection of power, as we see now, as a massive, you know, a massive gunship. It, it, right now, as it stands, this is the, you know, this is the behemoth. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that can stop anything in the verse. As the game progresses and we get, you know, Perseus and Kraken and other things, its role is going to, to shift. But you know, there's a there's a proud tradition in the Navy of gunboats. You have, you know, where where you where you send a carrier, you're gonna send some destroyers, you're gonna send some cruisers, you're gonna have various other ships, you know, you had you had battleships and whatnot back in the day where it's like, this is the big ass gunboat, and its job is when when something comes to attack your fleet this ship is out there shooting stuff down when you mm -hmm. have a squadron of things coming at you or, or or you know just a ton of them right there's a role for your arrow and your gladius to be dogfighting and providing combat air patrol there's a role for your uh you know there's a role for for all of these different things but you also there's a role for big gunships that can just light shit up and really provide a lot of in close heavy combat support mm -hmm. let me let me throw this at both of you guys and kyle come back to you after i do bbg my thing about the hammerhead is i've seen it done well and i've seen it not done so well mm -hmm. uh and to me this is a ship of coordination a lot of teamwork uh to, to maximize its use bbg what do you think about that in relation to the hammerhead because you know the way the game this is the ship is structured guns are on port and starboard sides if you know top bottom but to me it seems like if you got a really well crewed people who know what they're doing and they ain't talking about no ai or as far as i'm concerned i you know that that's where the power from the ship comes in yeah absolutely when you think about the hammerhead i'm, I'm reminded of pacific rim 
Mm. How those two folks that are piloting the 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 the, the you know the uh, the giant robot have to work, work in together, yeah, in together. Sim- they got to work sim- in symmetry and together right. in order to be most effective. I mean, the same thing is here with all the different um, uh, turrets on this ship, as well as the pilot communicating with turret operators, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, to give great angle of attack for maximum guns when you're, you know, coming in. I, to your point, Griff, I've seen the hammerhead executed well, but very often I've also seen it wasted mm-hmm. in its execution. Um, but when executed well, this is a close combat escort archetype. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the ship, right, for that close combat escorting work, mm-hmm. right? When somebody has decided to really test your 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 group to come for that asset that they want these are the types of ships you want on station to handle that business right um you know what's powerful a lot of people um who have played the game for any meaningful amount of time in any diverse sort of way have at least been on a hammerhead right or seen a hammerhead um just to remind us how big the kraken is if you walk the full length of a hammerhead mm-hmm. twice, you still have 30 meters to go to walk the length of a Kraken. <laughs> right? Um, that's how big the Kraken is. based on the old is. numbers because we don't know how big the Kraken right. might end up being, right? Right. <laughs> right. The Kraken may, and, and, and lots of stuff grows with CIG, right? Mm-hmm. So the Kraken might even get bigger, <laughs> right? Um, Kraken's a big dog because the, the hammerhead's not small. Right, right. right. Um, but for me, I love the hammerhead, uh, next to my assets. I'd love a couple of hammerheads on either side of my asset as I move, uh, because I feel like push comes to shove hammerheads really good at shoving mm-hmm. and it's going to shove real hard mm-hmm. and real strong. And that was where, that would be where I would have, uh, my best, most coordinated teams, mm-hmm. uh, is on those hammerheads. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about AI and, and NPCs, but one thing that is also crucial to make the hammerhead work good is your pilot. Your your pilot knows needs to know how to maneuver this ship and put it in the right you know positioning it needs for firing. Uh, I am curious to see what a ship like this would be like though if you AI'd it out with blades. Uh, but I still think that your pilot has got to know what they're doing too. But that's just my two cents. Kai, was there anything else you want to say about the hammerhead before we move on? Are you good? I, I think where it sort of fits in in the, in the naval sort of um, looking at it would be like a dreadnought, like a like a heavy mm-hmm. battle cruiser, mm-hmm. you know, a heavy heavy gunship. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of fits in that role. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Let's bring up the other uh, what CIG designates as a gunship. All these sparks flying off these pictures. The Redeemer. Interesting ship. Um, much anticipated for a while, then much hated for a while, then it came back out and it rose in popularity, and then it kind of seemed to level off a little bit. Um, is this something that you would take out for escorting, though? Or is it better for ground combat, strafing, things of that nature? Uh, I, I have never tried to use it in eh, a little bit when it first came out, but I, what are your thoughts on this one? BBG, I'll go to you first on this one. The uh, like Redeemer. The, yeah, I, I like the Redeemer for a couple of different purposes, right? Like, so, for example, if I had an escort that was about um, moving a bit through space, but really getting assets on the ground, mm-hmm. including, like, 
troops mm -hmm. because the redeemer can do, still do a bit of that. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe my redeemer serves multiple functions. Like if I'm okay. a smaller org or a couple of friends, maybe I've got a redeemer that can not only support the, you know, M2 or A2 getting across space, but down, down on the ground, I can then, I, I'm bringing the troops that are going to go into the, the Nova tank that the, the A2 or M2 is dropping off. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I have, you know, smaller work to do, that's multi multifaceted, mm -hmm. You know, space and ground. Yeah. Um, I think a redeemer can play a role there. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Kai, thoughts on the redeemer? So the redeemer, again, continuing the analogy that I'm going to continue throughout this this thing here, where I try to like put it into context of of uh, you know where it would fit with the navy. This is, I think, an ASPB. This is an assault support uh, patrol boat, or what you would consider like what what people refer to as the brown water navy this is i need a something smaller to deploy inland to to take it you know where you can't take heavy ships mm -hmm. you know when you're going up rivers and whatnot and you got to right. put some marines in quick and quiet and or light something up and get the hell out mm -hmm. you, 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 you have to have out. something smaller that's capable this ship keep in mind has a modularity aspect to it where it's right now it's like a heavy gunship but they talked about there's going to be a module for space marines uh for for sort of uh uh insertion you know whatnot okay. this is a ship that can loiter for a long ass time this is not a small ship where you know you have to land and worry about your fuel right away and whatever this ship is meant to be like an assault assault support patrol boat sometimes you sneak it up a river and it sits there for a week or two while it's waiting for some, you know, you, you drop some guys on the ground and it's waiting for people to come back. Mm -hmm. This is a a a heavy sort of multi-role. It has to be uh as a as one of the sort of smaller assets. Um yeah. You think it do you think it functions well as an orbit <laughs> I was gonna say air to ground, but ground to orbit, orbit to ground, kind of like a company escort type of thing. You know what I mean? If you're trying to get assets down to the ground, it's, it, I think BBG kind of alluded to that a little bit, mm -hmm. talking about it with attacking ground troops. Is it because of its speed? The other thing I don't know about this ship and I don't own one is range. I don't know what the range is like. On it's this got thing. good range. Is it decent? Yeah, it's got good range. Yeah, it it's got a long range. range. Okay. It's yeah, meant to loiter. It's meant, it's meant to do that. It can go across system, but I hadn't thought a little, uh, you know, Kai, you raised this idea of you know, that in close getting Marines in, getting, dropping some fire and getting out. You know, we don't have helicopters in this game mm -hmm. yet, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and don't take that as a hint for any inside <laughs> knowledge. I'm just saying, I have not seen a helicopter. Right. But this reminds me of that type of- Apache uh, kind of thing or something? Yeah, oh, Huey. Huey. Yeah, like a Huey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can do that. It could do some search and rescue. It could do, it could do uh, some of that stuff. Um, but from the escort role, uh, I do see it as, as that multifaceted piece. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think, so you're going to look at something like this as more as you're coming in hard and heavy mm -hmm. and something like the Lego, the Legionnaire, as you're coming in quick and quiet. Okay. All right, cool. Right. All right. Let's bring up a big ship of, uh, a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of angst. And that would be <laughs> the, uh, the Polaris, which falls into the category of a Corvette. Now this, this boy, 
Admiral Kusanagi, if he was here, he'd be one to tell you about all these different titles of what they call a frigate and what they call a corvette and what's called a this, that, and the other. Uh, but for now, they consider this as the category of a corvette. Um, pretty powerful ship. Uh, one of its mainstays is the fact that it carries torpedoes, uh, size 12s to be exact, if I'm not mistaken. And I think there's like 24 of them on this thing. Uh, it also has a hangar bay. Uh, where it can have its own fighter craft, which I always have felt that I wish CIG made it where this thing carried two fighters and not just one. I know they it did expand the hangar. Whether it's going to be able to carry two or not is another story, but I, I always thought it would be cool if it could take two. But anyway, that's my two cents on the Polaris. Uh, Kai, any thoughts about this? Uh, what type of ship does this escort? Is it, is I would... it freight? Is it cargo? Is it a, a, a Idris? What is this thing? What is this thing escorting? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, right. That's right. In, That's right. In trying to put this in, again, it's not going to be an exact one-to-one analogy, but in trying to put this into an analogy of a naval uh, vessel, like a current naval vessel, these, to me, I, I'm not sure Corvette quite fits it. To me, mm. this more feels like a submarine. This is a torp boat. Mm. This is this job. The, the job of this boat is to kill bigger boats mm. and and you would put a couple maybe uh uh with your with your fleet the same way you would put a couple of submarines with your uh uh you know uh air group your your carrier uh uh group if you are in a situation where you're being attacked <clears throat> by 20 or 30 you know uh arrows and and gladiuses and whatnot you're going to want your hammerheads in close, heavy gunning, punishing everything that comes. You're going to want to scramble from the crack in your arrows and gladiators to go out there and to, you know, try to swat all of the, the mosquitoes that are coming in at you. But if you find that you're being hit by another heavy fleet and they're coming with some big boats... Mm. That's where this ship will shine, much like a submarine. Its job is to get out ahead and to to harass the living hell out of your, uh, you know, out of your 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 enemy's big capital ships, while your other ships are 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 handling the smaller whatever. And just like a submarine, there is times where if you need to really go in quiet. You need to hit the beach in North Korea or whatnot. Uh, that's when you send in a submarine to put a couple guys in there, <laughs> nice and quick and quiet. Mm. And that's the kind of thing that a Polaris has. When they talk about SAR or whatever, mm. I, I think that's more of a like special, you know, deniable mission type situation in in, in the context of a modern navy. Okay. Okay. BBG Polaris. Yeah, I, I look at. Uh, so I'm I'm a big fan of the idea of the Polaris, right? I can imagine my life on Terra, where during the week I'm a bartender at, at Mel's Diner, right? And uh, and on the weekends I fly uh, patrol and escort with my Polaris to to make sure that high sec at Terra stays high sec. Mm. But one of the things I imagined about the Polaris was that it could function a little bit like. Um, a fully loaded F-14 might function with AIM-54 Phoenix missiles, right? Um, we don't use the F-14 anymore, but when we did, 
the it used to be able to carry six AIM-54 Phoenix missiles, and it could fire all six. And it had a radar package mm. that allowed it. And it, this never happened, right? But it could allow a radar package that allowed it to track multiple targets and send it out mm. um, and solve the problem at distance, mm. Mm. right? And I see the Phoenix as a bigger version of that. Um, that it has enough missiles, and my hope is that it has a radar package that can be crewed in such a way that it can solve the problem at distance, wow. right? Yeah. That's what missiles are for, to keep problems at distance, mm -hmm. right? And solve them where they're at. Yeah. And, and so my hope is that, you know, in an escort role, um, you know, that I can be, you know, the lead in front of uh, the asset uh, and ping in such a way that we're picking stuff up. And you get, we get a little of this experience with the Eclipse, right? Mm -hmm. Where we can uh, come in low and slow, um, move and then send off things before that thing even knows we're, we're mm -hmm. on site. Mm -hmm. um, and the number of missiles that the Polaris has mm -hmm. means that, and the size of it means that it can do that for a while. It can be on station for a long time yeah. Yeah. out in front. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we may not end up exactly with that because, you know, we're deep in concept with, with the Polaris uh, and things have to be balanced, but that's how I imagine it will function. Mm -hmm. uh, and with those size 10 missiles, uh, whatever was a problem at distance will not be a problem anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And as you my know, man, have a problem over there. Yeah. And as, as my man subliminal likes to point out, when he does his breakdown of different combat ships and, you know, the S tier of PVP or this, that, and the other, he, he always, he'll, he'll go through all the different aspects. He's like, and for my dirty torp throwing apes out there, <laughs> this is whatever. For my dirty torp throwing apes out there, this is the ultimate God tier ship. Yeah. This is as good as it gets for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it Bloobs? You know, it was Vex. Vex said it's described as a flagship. So is it expected to hang back with the command personnel? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I want to say this, Admiral Kusanagi's putting some great information in chat as he always <laughs> does, but you know, he's talked about what the different classifications are of certain ships and how certain titles of ships aren't, don't seem like they're necessarily lining up. Now CIG has told us that they are reassessing what's a light fighter, what's a medium fighter, what's a heavier fighter, what are frigates, what are this, that, and the other. And I, at the beginning of the show, I talked about that a little bit because there are some ships in here. For example, they have the Polaris down here as a Corvette. But then when we start getting into the next ships that we want to talk about, like the Perseus, the Perseus falls into the category of a frigate, which is the same category as an Idris. And we know that those are two entirely different ships. Now, I don't know if either of you have any insight as to why CIG may have decided to take a ship that needs only six people to run it and a ship that needs like 24 people to run it. Also a ship that has a hangar for fighters, um, where the Perseus has a docking bay and an elevator. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they both fall into that category of frigate and you guys have more military background. Maybe there's some method to the madness, or maybe it's a part of the fact that they need to reassess it later. But I do want to bring up these two ships because they are next, the Perseus. And, and also there's a huge financial difference in these ships as well. Oh yeah. If I'm not mistaken, the Perseus ran something like 550, 600, something like that, where the Idris yeah. is like 1300, something like that. Yeah. 
so uh let me go to you kai first on this one perseus and and uh and idris well to the point that you just said and to uh sort of kusanagi's point i want to point out that you're not talking about cig isn't making a World War II or even modern day era naval right. simulator. This is a spaceship game. And as such, when you try to do analogies of where a spaceship Corvette or frigate or whatever would or, 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 or sort of gunboat or torpedo boat or LCAC or whatever, where that would sort of, you would do an analogy to what ships ships in the water mm -hmm. it's not going to be one-to-one -one. there's going to be as we see in real life as you know if we if we mostly hairless monkeys manage to not destroy ourselves and manage to survive for the next two centuries three centuries as we see real spaceships get developed and and we eventually are going to have military space vehicles and why it's not going to just be nasa and spacex mm -hmm. out there there will be troops you know there will be boots in space mm -hmm. at that point a lot of these cl classifications of what's a frigate what's a galleon what's a this what's a that who knows how all of that will play out maybe some of it will be used maybe some of it will be thrown out maybe we will be talking about space subs and it'll be because they have all kinds of they're small and silent and they have all kinds of special mm -hmm. e-warfare tricks to try to keep them hidden yeah who knows but so yeah all of that is one of those situations where it's like not to say that anyone criticizing the classifications are wrong mm -hmm. i'm not saying that by any means mm -hmm. i'm only pointing out that it's an imprecise whatever. It's not like they yeah. necessarily got it wrong. It's just this is how they chose to classify it. And I think I think the issue, Kai, is that even CIG has equated naval examples when uh -huh. they've talked about stuff in the past. And I get it, like because again, CIG has said, "Hey, we are going to go back and reclassify and re-strategize these things." So I, I didn't know whether or not you guys may have seen something as to maybe that may have given some method to the madness for why both these ships fall into the category of frigate. There may not be anything, you know. Yeah, but, I don't, none that I, I know. know. Okay, well, I, know I mean, with the, the, the definition of frigate has shifted 17th to 18th century mm -hmm. to 19th century to after World War II. It sort of locked in, in in the United States as a ship that was really, you know, and uh, towards our, our category today, an escort ship mm -hmm. that sat in size between a Corvette and a destroyer. Right. Okay. Um, that typically meant frigate, but before then it meant different things. Okay. Uh, and there were different iterations, armored frigates and other things. Mm -hmm. So to your point, Griff, um, the same discipline that CIG has shown in the Galactopedia and the Arc Star map and other things, they're going to have to revisit some of these classifications um, and go beyond what they did to get the ship ready for a ship sail and get it ready as they balance the game to be understood in the context of all the ships we're gonna have in game. Okay. And I think when they do that, um, we'll see some of these things shift because, um, you know, is the Idris a frigate or is it a ship of the line, right? Yeah. right. Um, for me, it's a ship of the line, right? right? And so a frigate would be smaller than that. So, um, you know, I think that, um, there's an opportunity for CIG to to engage on this. I can imagine it's 1001 on a list of 1,025 things to do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
because it doesn't have to be done now, but it does raise these questions for folks who are uh, supporting the game and investing in ships um, as to what they want and what they want to do. Um, I would not describe the Idris as a frigate, right, over the long term. Um, and yeah. Uh, would you say so I, would you say I, I think that the Perseus and the Polaris. Perseus is just a little bit smaller than the Polaris, if I recall correctly, right. in the current right. the current understanding. Right. Um, but <clears throat> one is bringing guns to the battle; the other one is bringing missiles to the battle. Mm -hmm. I think that a escort group that had both a Polaris and a Perseus is well positioned to defend its asset. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. 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 It's it's like the it's and and please don't let's not get sidetracked into the issues with it, but it's like the fleet version of an Ares Ion and an Ares Inferno, whereas, whereas one mm, is yeah, one is handling it one yeah. way and one is handling it the other. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're complementary to each other. Yeah, okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, okay, we're going to move from talking about these ships and moving to, even though I, we've had a show on logistics, but we do want to talk about it in relation to escorting. So we're going to give you guys a couple things to take a look at here. Just talk about this a little bit. Uh, one of the areas, obviously, that people like myself will be concerned about is the areas of trade and freight. Uh, due to their security expertise, uh, they also are, this we're referring to people who are doing escort service. They're able to escort and secure transports of heavy bulk or containerized goods on trade lanes and hubs against acts of organized crime like piracy, manipulation, or or theft of sensible cargo. Their protection services of assets and cargoes ensures the safe delivery of the goods to your customer. Trade and freight people. Um, you know, earlier we talked about, I think one of you guys, Kai, one of you gave an example of I'm just doing some basic box missions and stuff, uh, risk versus reward. Maybe it's not a big deal for me to go out and do that stuff. Maybe if I'm taking stuff out, maybe in a freelancer. Uh, in fact, maybe I have something that's tremendously valuable instead of me, you know, putting it on a bigger ship, maybe I take it in a couple of different trips and smaller ships that maybe aren't as draw people's attention, right? Is somebody going to pay attention mm -hmm. to me in my freaking plain old freelancer versus if I'm in my C2, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's some things that you can do on a psychological level that may allow you to move through space and not necessarily have to hire our armada to surround you. Uh, but then there are going to be times where like, for example, if you have a whole C, they mentioned containerized, uh, transport hull C or BBG as you mentioned hull D hull E right you're not going to even break that thing out you're not going to be covering 92,000 SCU of, <laughs> of garbage maybe you would right but yeah maybe maybe not right um when you talk about escorting these type of things um what are your feelings about security slash escorting is this a combination of how can I say this um Let's, let's talk about the Hull series for example, for example, real quick. The conversations come up back in the day about how the Hull Seas are all, people, many people viewed them as very vulnerable ships. I don't know if that's because the stuff's on the outside or you know, they feel like they're gonna shoot it and the boxes are gonna fly off or what. I've always looked at the Hull series as saying, yeah, it's a great take if you can take it from, mm -hmm. from a couple perspectives. One, the sucker's got like, uh, I don't know, a couple hundred boxes on it. How are you going to get those suckers off of there, right? So mm -hmm. the most prudent thing is going to be to take over the ship. 
and CIG actually put out a video of the whole sea with somebody trying to board it. And it ain't gonna be easy to take over a ship like that. So, you know, my question is, if you've got a crew of, let's say, based, on, based upon the way the midships are designed, you got a, cap, a pilot, a co-pilot, usually there's a couple other people sitting in some other type of seats. How many people need to be on these ships? For, for 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 as escorts, both externally and internally. Let's take let's BBG. I'm gonna go back to you first. If you took your whole D out, what would you be looking for to feel secure if you're escorting a ship like that? So, you know, my whole D right now carries what twenty thousand SCU, something crazy like that. <laughs> um, you know, I if I'm taking my whole whole D out. Um, I'm probably taking it across high sex space lanes, right? Okay. I'm not taking it to some place where it's likely to be a problem. Now, if for some reason I, that I have to do that, right? There's a mission that I go, you know what? That mission is just too compelling. Mm -hmm. I want to take that risk. Then I'm probably going to go to the escort experts that I discover in game, right? Mm -hmm. The orgs or, you know, internally to my own org or another org and go, hey, I'm thinking about a whole D run from here to here. What's your recommendation on how we approach that, mm. right? Somebody who's doing escorting all the time will say, well, listen, you know, they might say something like, well, listen, uh, to your point, Griff, you know, they're not going to try and take all this cargo from you because how are they going to get, they're going to need a whole D to get it somewhere, right? <laughs> they're going to either try to take over the ship or try to meet you or try to take over the space where you're bringing the cargo, mm. right? Mm. Um, so what we have to do is secure the, um, you know, like, you know, like, like, you know, like the United States Airlines did after 9-11. We have to close the cockpit door and secure it, right? Mm -hmm. So it might be that escorting in that case is about, you know, three, four, 10 individuals mm -hmm. who are on the whole D to make the thing make sense in case somebody tries to board the ship. Yeah. Let me stop. Um, Can I stop you a second? Guys, I'm checking out some of the stuff you guys are seeing in the chat. And I've seen these conversations before about, oh, we're going to go up to it and take the containers off. There's freaking 74 cargo containers you got to scan them. You got to figure out what has what on it. You got to disengage it. That takes time. That takes time. I'm not saying it can't be done, but you're saying we're going to bring the SRV. Well, how many other people are you going to bring along with you to start stripping this ship? You got to bring the fighters. You got to bring the boarding crew. You got to bring how many SRVs are you bringing out there? And who's doing all the scanning to figure out what's in what container and disengaging it? I know it sounds good, but we're talking about the logistics of it. And I really want you to think about it. That that's why I say people think it's gonna be an easy thing. Don't let Star Jump, don't don't get me wrong, Grim and Ender, I love your video. But when they rolled up to that sucker with that cutlass and turned on a tractor beam and just snatched it off, that was just them doing some animation, I guarantee you. It's gotta be more to it than that. So I, I, that's why we're having this conversation about what does it take? I appreciate you saying I'm going to people who do this all the time versus just really trying to figure it out yourself, you know? Yeah, and lore-wise, lore-wise, I imagine that, you know, we continue to hear about the Hull series being the most prolific series yep. of ships across the game because, you know, people want their UPS truck and their Amazon Prime truck yes. to, to, to come to their home and bring their pack. People want to move, they want to move goods. 
right? That's that. And so in, in, in healthy spaces and places, I think that, you know, a whole D run is going to be a typified run. It's when you get those missions on the margin, yeah. right? Where you go, this doesn't make a lot of sense to do, but it makes just enough sense as much as they're paying me to try and do. <laughs> Let me go ahead and get some escorts. And somebody said in the chat, as much as it takes, as much as it's going to cost to just move a hull D uh -huh. um, and all the stuff that's going to be on it, they're going to have internal and external security. Mm -hmm. And I think that's right. I think that's correct. Yeah. Zombie pig said, <laughs> zombie pig, that was actually funny. Uh, he said, congratulations, pirates. You just grabbed four containers of Snuggies. You know, <laughs> that's a bunch of diapers. <laughs> so you never know what you're going to snatch off the ship. Because I don't get me wrong. There's an assumption that everything on that, the ship that's being moved is the same. But you may have some stuff on there that has high value, medium value. If, personally, if I got some high value stuff, I'm going to mix it in with a bunch of crap, to be honest with you, when I move it. Because you're going to have to look for it on my ship. But that's me personally. Uh, Yo, don't, 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 don't. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Kai. Don't don't let Griff salt your game, y'all. I'm gonna roll up to that ship in my cutty black. I'm gonna roll down the window. I'm gonna take out my big uh, uh, net, like oh, those nets God. in the cartoons where they're trying to catch butterflies. I'm gonna just scoop just up money like crazy. You just go snatch, huh? snatch it off. Okay. No, you look, right. Griff. You can't. You say. can't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I, I also want um, a normal distribution of consequences throughout the star citizen universe right mm. yeah. so in some places it might put you in their version of clusher much much longer <laughs> for you to be caught messing with trade right mm. you know it might be you know you you get you you accidentally fire off a bullet at, at a terror officer or something you might get one you might get five if you mess with a whole day you might get level, a subscription you know and and and, and, and so you, we want to see that diversity of approach, right? And I think Quanta, Tony Z could speak to this better than anybody else, but I think Quanta and how it relates to, um, you know, different areas operating in different ways, I think can inform that. Mm -hmm. um, and that will inform Griff to, your, to, to, the, to the overall point where I take out my whole series right. and what I think is required, right? right? So there's a lot of research just like, you know, right now, it, 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 you know, it's 30 minutes to get ready to play Star Citizen. Once you log on, you, it, it's a half an hour to get set up to go think about where you want to go do something. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some research that's going to be required as I get on and go, okay, I think I want to move this cargo now and go get it refined over at X, Y, and Z. What's the state of play over there? Yeah. And how do I get that information, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and now I know. And now how, who do I go hire to help me with that? So Griff, you can't invite me on the show anymore when BBG is on because this is bad radio. <laughs> the entire show, everything he said, I agree you guys with. Agree with each other. I like, know. I know. Yeah. We need yeah. more conflict. Like, we need point, more counterpoint. I know counterpoint yeah. to counterpoint. So, I got so you. the point that he made here that was absolutely brilliant and needs to be like this is the whole like this whole section about like hey what kind of what kind of security is needed for trade of freight. He is 1000% right that, well, where are you going? If you are doing a load of like, if you're a big cargo ship and you've got hundreds of tons of, you know, Toyotas and you're going to be sending them, you know, from this spot to this spot, if you're going, you know, uh, uh, you're going from, 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 I don't know, Britain, like you're going from someplace in Europe to England. Mm -hmm. 
you can have zero security. You're fine. Right. You're literally, if you're going up the Mississippi River, ain't nobody attacking you. If you're going to be shooting past Somalia, you best have some guys with guns on the deck because shit's going to pop off. So, like, it, 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 by the same extension, like, we're used to, we're not used to thinking, we're used to thinking of Stanton as sort of fairly safe. But to, to be honest with you, Stanton is meant to be a middle-of-the-road system. Right, right. The safe systems are going to be places like, uh, what's the, the Terra, new capital? Like new that, Terra. Terra, yeah. Terra, Terra if I'm doing Soul. heavy loads with a whole D filled to the cap in Terra... I should be able to fly with a three, four man crew at most. Mm -hmm. And that's just for making sure all of the systems on the ship are operating correctly. Right. That is 0% security overhead mm -hmm. because you're not at that point, you're wasting money on your margin. Mm -hmm. If you're going to Stanton, you should have some security. Mm -hmm. If you're going to Pyro, call all your friends. Cause mm -hmm. yeah, like, so, so, BBG hit the nail on the head when he was like, it depends on where you're going mm -hmm. and what you're transporting. Are you transporting, you know, bio waste? Probably don't need a lot of guards. <laughs> you're transporting, you know, thousands of tons of quantanium mm -hmm. might want to bring some guards. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's an excellent point, Kai, because, and, and Griff, you made this a little bit earlier. If I am, if a pirate group approaches me, and they see that the value per cargo unit that I have is very low, then it doesn't really benefit them to peel off four or five or 10 of those mm -hmm. because it's 10 of very little, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The only reason it has value for me is because I'm in a whole D yeah. and I'm moving a whole bunch of very moving, little right. to make something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Right. But if I have, let's say a whole A, but I'm moving something, each one of my cargo pieces is something of very, very high value, mm -hmm. right? Then it, the hull A might be something that a pirate might, upon initial consideration, overlook. Why would we look at a hull A? Look at these big hull Ds. But it might be the smaller ships, the, le the, the more nondescript ships that are moving smaller, more high-value quantities of things. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You you want 100 tons of Huggies, or you want one ton of the brand-new video cards? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, exactly. I, I want to go to something that Insulin's saying, and then we're going to move on to the next area. But he says it doesn't make sense to pirate something that will take a lot of time, I guess is what he's saying. Personally, I think that the ships that would be much more lucrative to hijack would be more like a hull C or the, something like the Liberator. Yes, smaller ships. And again, there is a logistics side to this. That's what I'm saying. I think that whole idea of snatching boxes off isn't necessarily practical. Hijacking a ship, you know, disabling it and taking it over, you might have greater odds or better chances of doing that. Uh, but even then, uh, if you look at how the um, CIG, like I said, they put together a video based upon someone trying to board a hull C. Uh, very difficult to do very difficult to do i know a lot of people think that boarding ships is going to be an easy thing but as you guys know in kai you've talked about this before about when there's one way in and it's a narrow way in mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it, it, it you know it's it's tough to what was the star wars remember the opening scene where they blow the door uh -huh. open and <laughs> bodies are just falling in the door unless you bring mm -hmm. a lot of people uh there's gonna be a lot of a lot of collateral damage trying to get onto some of these ships because if people plan correctly um 
it's going to be difficult to board a ship. Let's just say that. And it should be. It shouldn't be an easy walk in the park to board someone's ship. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other story. Let's move on past this because I'm beating a dead horse here. Let's go to military. In the field of military transports, they are well-versed in the secure escort of things such as explosives, ammunitions, arms, weapon systems, uh, armored vehicles, military supplies uh, for parts and armored vehicles. Now, we saw the Liberator BBG. You alluded to this earlier. Uh, if that thing is transporting fighters, it's got tanks on it, stuff like that. It itself will need escorts, right? They're going to have to have somebody who's kind of making sure that that stuff is delivered safely. Um, well, I don't think we've ever really talked about this very much about what does it mean to deliver ordnance to locations or to your base? Uh, CIG hasn't really given us a lot in that area. We've, I, I, I think, was it the uh, it was the Hercules commercial, right? Where we saw them delivering medical huh? supplies and, and and weapons and vehicles Tanks and stuff and, like that, yep, right? Yep. So that is a reality, right? What is some involved <laughs> with that as far as security goes? when it comes to moving combat equipment around for you and probably for an org, or if you're hired to move it for somebody. Uh, Kai, I'll go to you first on this one. So just like the last thing in a, in a different way, but it's it's all the same, where are you moving it? If mm -hmm. you're if you're moving ordnance from, you know, whatever, from, from a factory in Tupelo, Mississippi to a base, in nebraska well you're safe as houses ain't nobody gonna mess with you mm -hmm. if you're talking about delivering ordinance you know into the green zone mm -hmm. well you know or or even worse if you're talking about delivering ordinance into the fob in afghanistan mm -hmm. you can expect some stuff to go down mm -hmm. so like again it, it comes back to what is the what is the mission per se? Where are you delivering things to? Mm. If you're, you know, backline logistics, easy peasy. Mm. If you're at the tip of the spear, the now it becomes a whole other thing. Backline logistics, you wouldn't have any support. You wouldn't have any escort. You don't need it. Mm. Okay. Frontlines logistics, whole different thing. You have to look at number one, what are you what are you will you know what are the assets in field that you have to worry about that like what do they have what's the likelihood that they know of this if you're delivering you know munitions every wednesday at noon well that's a target that's a repeatable target that they can whatever and then uh, as a as a little uh, silly aside you know there's a, a, a like what are you going to do to tip your hand as you were talking about earlier griff sometimes you might want to come in without escort just to not draw attention mm -hmm. depending on what the likelihood of something going to go down you you're going to you're going to mix it up or you know sometimes you wear boots out into the yard cuz yeah. you want to be ready to fight yeah. but sometimes you want to be sneaky and not ever let everybody know what's going down mm -hmm. and fist and pops will know what that is in reference to but yeah <laughs> all right all right all right yeah i think that i think that's right and again too, we're too nice to each other, Kai. I think that's right, though. Um, you know, but you know, when you think about military operations relative to civilian ones, mm -hmm. right? You can imagine that military operations are there to deliver a result. They're not there to try anything, right? They're not there to see if they can do something. They're there to deliver a result, right? Mm -hmm. And so. Um, you know, if you've ever been in, in Washington, D.C., when the president is moving, yeah, 
right? The Secret Service establishes what they call intersection and laneway control, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not there to see if the president can get out of traffic. <laughs> they're going con- right. to control, ensure right. a result, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so, you know, the military is full of human beings. Sometimes they get it wrong. But for the most part, they're there. When You can imagine when you're escorting for the military, it's about you already know what the pathway is going to be. Mm-hmm. You already know what... Um, what it is required in that particular instance to ensure laneway and intersection control, whether it's the spaceways or the groundways uh, on a planet, right? Um, And you are bringing assets to bear and escorts to bear relative to what is known about that situation, Yeah. right? Um, And so uh, we should see um, in, in a diverse star citizen universe with lots of different types of missions, we should see some of these missions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we should see some of these opportunities uh, to play a role in supporting paramilitary and maybe even military mm-hmm. um, in Squadron 42, mm-hmm. escort missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you've ever played the Wing Commander series, the briefing room matters. Right, 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 right. right, (laughs) Because that's when you lay out what the expectations are, how you have to go, and as a result, you adjust your... Thanks for the follow. um, You adjust what you're bringing to the party accordingly. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm I'm glad you mentioned the example about the presidential piece. I used to, you already know this, but I worked for the aviation department here in my city, and I was, we had to get clearances whenever we dealt with presidential arrivals and stuff like that. I was always blown away by the fact that Secret Service arrived two to three days ahead in advance. Their, their advance yeah. team, right, would be there way ahead of time, checking all types of stuff that probably most people would never think about so that when the day of the event came on, there were so many things in place, not to mention so many people in place and in places where people didn't know people were just to ensure mm-hmm. a certain level of security. And I think that, you know, yeah, you can have that random kind of spontaneous type of thing, but the smart people will be the people who did what you said earlier. We're going to talk to the people who do escorting all the time, and they're going to do their own intelligence and logistics ahead of time to make sure that whatever this valuable thing is, we're moving, right? That we can do it, right? There's not going to be this haphazard attitude about whether or not we can deliver it or not, because we've already scoped out the area. We've been there. We know the routes, all that other good stuff, right? To an insane level. Like yes. people don't know this. When Secret Service comes in, when the president comes to town, mm-hmm. if he's going to be driving along this route, they know the route and they will literally have people from the city come in and rip out the post office boxes yep. because somebody could place a bomb in that box yeah. and then detonate it right as he drives by. They rip yep. them up out of the street it's and crazy. then put them back in after. It's crazy. Going down to the sewers and making sure there's yep. nothing under the manholes. Yep. I mean, all types of stuff that they do beforehand, you know, that they've secured beforehand. So it'll be interesting to see if people, you know, decide to get that deep. Let's hit this last category here under logistics, transport VIP. Uh, having in-depth knowledge of supply chains and logistics, they are able not only to accompany transports throughout star systems, but also along, also long-range multiple system transports uh, is one of their specialized for armed and unarmed services. So this gets into a thing right now, very easy for us to think about things because we just have Stanton, and now we're talking about Pyro. But for those of you who, and BBG and Kai, we got to throw it in there, Elite Dangerous, you guys know if you were jumping systems, 
not only was it something on a security level, but there's a time factor, how long it takes to jump these systems. Mm -hmm. And so let's just say right now, I'm just, guys, I'm, please don't say that the CIG is doing this because I'm just using this as an example. But let's say right now that in order to cross Stanton, it takes, I'm just picking a random number, eight minutes, right? Eight mm -hmm. minutes. And let's just say that BBG, like you said, we want to go to Terra, right? We're ready to go to Terra. We found out that um, uh, Agrisium is selling for, you know, some ridiculous amount of money right now. Somebody called and said, hey, BBG, you got, you got 12 crises at Agrisium still. You need to come over here and sell it, all right? So now we're going to travel. But these systems take anywhere from eight minutes to 14 minutes per system to jump. And you happen to be telling me I got to jump nine systems right? There's a whole dynamic of the logistics there in escorting in that because some of those systems may be friendly, some of them may be neutral, some of them may be hostile. Um, what, what are we thinking about when it comes to like long range, multiple jump kind of things? Uh, how, okay, let me ask you this. How are you going to pay folks? <laughs> yeah. what, in your head, what have you got for your financial thing of saying, how am I going to compensate these people, particularly I mean, I'd say that you can't, you don't have to pay your org people, but let's just say you wanted to div divvy up the, the expenses on this. What's your plan for covering the expenses of doing a multiple jump, not only multiple jump, but might take an hour and a half to mm -hmm. get where you're trying to go to in game. I'd love, I'd love to see uh, orgs, because I, I don't have a big org, right? Okay. So I would be reaching out to a bigger org and I'd love to see them bring a one-stop shop package for this type of thing to the table, right? Where they say, all right, the typical Stanton Terra run or the typical Tanton Dar Stanton Darien run or whatever it is, is X amount of systems. Mm -hmm. And if you're bringing a, um, uh, a A-rated Hull D to the table, you're still gonna have to stop twice. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're, what we're bringing to the table are three star fares at these key points that will escort you to that will refuel you here. And then after that, we'll escort you the rest of the way from that refueling point all the way through to the thing. And it'll cost this amount of money. Mm -hmm. Right. And start putting those packages together for system runs. Right. Okay. Um, where they can say, all right, it's costing us as an escort organization you know, uh, 50,000 UEC mm -hmm. to do this, we're going to have to charge, you know, 120,000 for it to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or something like that. And then, you know, you meet up, um, you enter into a party together. Mm -hmm. Now you've got internal comms and you make it make sense, right? You start moving and they go, all right, we're going to fly. You're going to warp. You're going to quantum with me to this point. That's where we'll meet our three starfarers. Mm -hmm. They'll refuel you. And now we're going to go on to the rest of the, the mission. So I'd like to see um, folks who want to do this work, this mm -hmm. escort work, start putting together packages like that, that are one-stop shops for folks who want to pay folks like, like I do. Mm. Okay. That's an interesting way to do it. Kai, what about you? What about, what are you thinking about as far as pay? Cause you know, some people I've seen this in chat before and I've, I've thought about this before. Is it percentages? Is it a cut? Is it a flat rate? What are you thinking about as far as escorting? I, I think there's going to be a whole host of options with some of it'll be, you know, it's friends. Some of it'll be like, I'll get, you know, <clears throat> I'll do you, you do me, you know, you know, Hey, uh, you do a load as the, as the hauler and I'll, you know, we'll like, we, mm -hmm. you get three, four guys together yeah. and it's like, okay. You know, cause there are people that do it in other games where it's like, Hey, we're going to do a situation now where 
you know, I'm the minor and you guys are, you know, guarding me and, right. and, and whatever. Um, <clears throat> I think taking a step back from it though, Griff, like let's not just uh, assume that it's going to work that way. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I've caught BBG a couple of times in this, in this show making references uh as as i was as well to uh to eve i can tell that mm -hmm. he is an eve player even though we haven't talked about it he's talked about high sec and null sec and what have you mm -hmm. um in eve there's an entirely different situation that happens where people literally don't escort your stuff but you just take it to them like ups mm -hmm. and you say here you do and they have like okay they've got the wagon train that's going from here to there and it, it a couple times a week goes across these sections and they have a large group they right. have an entire null sec uh, uh alliance that is providing large amounts of protection and if they have 40 different people come to them and give them cargo you know freight to, to handle to get safely from a to b and for them it's not a matter of well we'll guard it for this price or whatever they have an their own internal form of mm -hmm. insurance where you're going to pay them a premium mm -hmm. but they guarantee you're that your freight is mm -hmm. going to get to there and if it doesn't if they lose it they pay out of their pocket to replace it so again you are guaranteed that your stuff is going to get on site mm -hmm. and i think that that you know so how does that fit you know you might say well like that doesn't fit into the the concept of our show we're talking about uh escorts well those are the guys that are going to be on a massive level doing escort stuff and mm -hmm. for them it, it it's a matter of you know hey what's the cost benefit of this well if you have enough, uh, you know, if there's enough to make it worth it, that mm -hmm. and then you, you're you're largely expanding your network, sort of 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 escorts. Mm -hmm. okay. I could also see. I think that's a great point. I hadn't even thought about it that way. Um, in terms of, you know, I've got twenty thousand SCU of X, Y, and Z to move, and I can just say, hey big org with the whole infrastructure mm. pick it up for me move it there for me escort my product there for me and and put it in this location where i can just i can take a ride over there have it arrive and just sell it and pay you to do all that work mm. right mm. that is that is that is a powerful option and, and, you, um, and you, you minimize, your risk. You minimize your risk too you pay the premium but you also minimize your personal risk at that 100 percent. Right. you get a certain level of guarantee mm. right so that's that's powerful too mm. i can also see vip missions griff like integrated with the emergent um i know dk can't wait to to have his genesis starliner up and running right and that whole framework mm -hmm. for passenger trips right well sometimes u.s marshals bring prisoners on with handcuffs to passenger airline trips mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um and so i can see that type of escorting work happening across that system as well which mm -hmm. is like hey we need you to take this prisoner from klesher to this other prison in this mm -hmm. other system and I need you to dress plain clothes. They'll dress plain clothes, and we're going to be on the back of this Genesis Starliner, mm. right? Uh, and then maybe once in a while, one of his friends decides to break him out while you're trying to do that or something like that. Who knows? But um, I can see those types of VIP missions as well. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's hit this last couple of sections here. Now, guys, I don't have a slide for this one, so I'm just going to read it off to the folks who are listening to us. Uh, this last category is called guard duty, and we've kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. 
Um, but I want to get you guys thoughts on this idea of uh, people who are aboard ship providing some form of escort slash security for you. Um, these could be um, unarmed or armed, un I'm sorry, they could be unarmed or armed escorts to secure your transportation for individuals, businesses, or whatever the reason is. Escorts that assist their clients while you're on the road, I mean vehicles, or in the air, or in space. Um, what are your what are your feelings about you just mentioned about uh what we call sky marshals right but but i call them space marshals here uh or securing your ship against a boarding party uh people who own like the banu merchantmen who have people who are coming on board their ship strangers to shop on their ship uh people who have an 890 jump who have guests uh how you keep them from wandering into places that they shouldn't be uh any thoughts about you know providing you know, are you going to hire people to do that? Are you going to run around as the captain and say, hey, you shouldn't be in here? What's the, what are your thoughts about these where you have ships that literally because of their scale, you need to probably have somebody on board your ship uh, staff helping you out. Staff, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's one way to do it. Or as, as BBG pointed out earlier, there's going to be times where, okay, this is the staff because the ship is sort of in, you know, if it's a rich person's yacht or whatever, mm -hmm. hey, the 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 uh the uh sir is aboard so we're gonna have you know the cook and the this and the that and all the people oh but now we're just transporting it because he's gonna be in uh in uh what do you call it uh, on the french riviera for uh cans <laughs> okay well now it's skeleton crew yeah yeah, yeah. and it's interesting you yeah, say that. Think, i've been I on a few yachts so. i'm sorry go ahead sorry go ahead no i was gonna say i've been on a few yachts and one of the things that's interesting is that's quite often, once you get to a certain size yacht, they have a security detail. They have a person mm -hmm. who's over, either over security or literally a detail of people that are on these boats. And, and people don't think about that, but there are reasons why they have, and it's amazing to hear some of the stories that they tell you of what things, stupid things people do when oh, they're on, yeah. on these ships. So I was gonna say security is a factor, right? For having people on there. What were you gonna say, BBG? I was going to say that for me, guard duty, you know, we've talked about this a couple of different times across this episode, and, and Kai has emphasized it. it. Depends on what you're doing, what you're carrying, mm. right? Let's say, for example, that I'm playing uh, Star Citizen's version of Indiana Jones, and I discover the Hadesian artifact of mm. all time, mm. right? That if I can get this back to um, Soul or Terra, to a, a, a museum, mm -hmm. I'm gonna make more money than I've ever made in the game, Okay, right? So I might have what's called a concentric circle set of security. I might have external security in forms of ships. Mm -hmm. I might have internal security. And then I might have a guard or two in the room with the artifact, <laughs> right? <laughs> so all the way down to who's standing next to this valuable thing, mm. right? Um, mm. And pay for that as well. So um, it all depends on on what it is. Um, and, and you just raised a great point too. Sometimes that, that valuable thing is family, right? That valuable thing is your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if I've got an individual who I wanna protect, um, and this sort of combines VIP with guard duty, but I, I could see uh, putting guards next to people mm. Um, mm. that also provide security. And I can also see providing that service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stand next to this individual just in case. Yeah. Right. Wherever they go. Yeah. We, we haven't talked about this yet, but the, the idea of espionage and, you know, 
people being planted on certain areas to create chaos or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be, or, you know, rival org, whatever the case may be. And you mentioned this earlier, BBG, about what happens when you do have a ship that, you know, just because of the design of the ship, um, you, do you want someone who patrols, right? Who literally, that's what they do, just to make sure things are okay. Or, we, you know, we've all had this before, you're going to deliver something and you have to leave your ship outside by itself. Right now we do it a lot, but there's gonna come a time where when hacking comes in, things of that nature, now you've gotta be concerned if you're inside that building for a long time. Maybe we know that in order to hack a ship, it takes three minutes, you know, and you're inside trying to sell something, do some trade, uh, and you decided to leave your ship somewhere and, you know, there's a possibility of it being hacked. Um, I'm just kind of curious about what some other things could be where the, the hiring of someone to be on board your ship might be, you know, worth it. And like you said, Kai, it depends on where you're at, right? There's some places you don't have to worry about it, but then there are going to definitely be some places where you have to worry about that type of thing happening. Um, okay. Anyway, look. CIG already envisions this for certain space, Griff. Like we, yeah. you go to Lauraville and you're in Tisa Spaceport, mm-hmm. there's people securing the space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but 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 when you land when you land out on one of the little planets and you're stopping off to drop off some mining stuff, I want to know that I'm going to come back in you know ten minutes and not find that somebody <laughs> with a, a salvage tool is drawing a penis on the side of my ship. Right. We can't have any of that. We're not yeah. having. That. So I gotta pay a guy. Yeah, you gotta pay to a guy. stand outside. I it's like guy. if you go, there's certain neighborhoods in Brooklyn. You know, you go to, you give the guy five bucks, and he's just standing around anyways. He's just hanging out, like uh, he's gonna watch your car. Ain't nobody messing with your car because you gave him a couple dollars. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, we've got some questions from our viewers, so we can hit these real quick. Uh, the first one is from Pops in Space. He says, "Do you think that an escort group should be trained, have a reputation?" or just end up being meat shields. Uh, <laughs> I'll go to you, BBG, first on that. Any thoughts on that? Well, I, I would love to see trained, a reputable escort groups in the game, but I can imagine there are moments where I don't have enough money to have anything but a meat shield. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I can see both. You can see both. I can see both. Um, I, when, I get, when I get to a certain level mm-hmm. uh, and have my own level of reputation, I'd like to be able to draw to me with dollars and reputation uh, folks of similarly high reputation to do the thing right at the highest level. Yeah. But when we first start now, uh, it might just be some meat shields. So. Kai, let me ask you this. Do you think that CIG could create it? You know, we were talking about NPCs earlier. I could mm. see NPCs being programmed in easily for security reasons. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever we come on our ship, there's an acknowledgement of you entering a ship, right? And if you're not a part of my group, if you're not a part, if BBG's the captain and you and I come on that ship and we're not in his group, I could easily see CIG programming NPCs so that if, if that name does not come up on his list of people that need to be on here, that that NPC becomes active and comes after us at that point. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen, y'all. I'm just saying, I see a mechanic there where they can do something like that. Do you think that, 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 you know, we've looked at NPCs for doing jobs, but what about escort security? Do you think that NPCs can be programmed to do something like that? So I think this comes back to your last point, Griff, where you asked BBG about, you know, or, or whoever it was that asked about meat shields versus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a very highly trained, highly skilled force. Mm-hmm. I think for my money and, and, I'm not, you know, whatever, who knows? Maybe maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But mm-hmm. as far as I see it, 
NPCs will always be the meat shields in this game. It, it, <laughs> it, it, if you want something done cheap, mm. you hire a bot. If you want it done right, mm. you pay the extra money and you hire a player. And I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. I think that, um, yeah. So so, a hundred percent. I could see uh, an NPC that then you know comes up and is like whatever. But also, I could see that NPC not being entirely all that difficult to overcome and take mm. the take the stuff. So, like everything else, man. It's this happens. IRL this you you pay really good money and you get you know a tier one operator a tier two operator mostly most likely a tier two operator you get yourself uh you know a, a recon marine you get yourself uh uh you know somebody that's in the special operations community whether you're talking about you know uh uh green beret army you know ranger whatever mm -hmm. if you go on the cheap you get a rent-a-cop guy mm. that they sent to the class for you know three days mm. and maybe he can shoot maybe he can't maybe he you know maybe he's been in the shit maybe he hasn't mm -hmm. and you know it's potluck what you're gonna get right. and then i think to your point if you go really on the cheap then you're gonna get you know a bot who i mean who here has done bunker missions and had a really hard time going up against those guys one-on-one -on -one? like mm. you know whatever okay <laughs> i mean maybe you get one of those salvage spraying penis on the side of the ship dudes and we can't we can't have that <laughs> okay. I, I ain't about to have our a next... penis on my ship <laughs> I ain't trying to get grip demonetized let me stop wow <laughs> our, our next question comes from jaja it says in regards to ai crew didn't CIG say if you had multiple accounts, your secondary accounts would function as a sidekick AI account? Would you trust a human over a sidekick AI that grows with you? Sorry if this is discussed earlier. I arrived 30 minutes late. That's okay, Jaja, no problem. You know, there's a lot of stuff that CIG talked about in those early days, yeah, 10 for the yep. chairman days and everything in relation to what secondary accounts could be used for. One of them, some of them mentioned it earlier, uh, was the Agent Smith thing, you know, uh, if, if I'm on BBG ship and he's using an NPC, uh, and if I wanted to come play with him, I could log into the game and take over the role of his NPC for him. There's been a lot of stuff that is all ideas. Nothing yep. that CIG has committed to in relation to that. But yes, they did mention something similar to that, which is why some people have secondary accounts is because if they, if I'm playing the game with my main, and my friend happens to be 15 systems over, I can play the game with my secondary account and play with him and still let my main account exist and do what it wants to do. But CIG has not really talked about that very much recently. So Jaja, I'm glad you got a good memory and remember bits and pieces of that, but uh, no new news in relation to that area. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Kai. Just so that point that you just made is absolutely correct, where it's like, who knows if that's going to be a thing or mm -hmm. to what extent that's going to be a thing. But the other, if you take the germ of his question, mm -hmm. he said, do you trust mm -hmm. that AI as opposed to a player that gets to the point of what are you calling trust? Yeah. Because if you're talking about is my guard going to double cross me and rob my stuff? <laughs> well, I trust my AI bot over another player because the AI bot doesn't have the initiative to double cross me and sell me out to people, a gang mm. to be the inside man on whatever. Yeah. 
Or are you saying, do you trust that AI bot to actually be Mm. capable of guarding stuff? In which case, I would trust another player over the bot. So that's an interesting, what do you consider trust is the the key to that question, I think. And there's an assumption in the question, too, around AI growing alongside you. I was about to go there because that was one of the things that CIG talked about. Go ahead, BBG. Yeah, they've they've talked about that. And we, we don't know the model of AI experience and development yet, mm. right? Um, that I think that's a whole other show, yeah. right? Uh, to be frank, but I can tell you that there is a lot of contention in the community around this idea that a solo person, for example, will be able to kid out an Idris with a bunch of AI <laughs> and they would have enough experience at all to be effective. Mm. Where other folks think, if I kid out my Idris with AI and I spend a certain amount of time, let's say I spend two years in game with that AI, should they be maximally competent? And should that maximum competence approach that of a really good human crew? And should it have, to Kai's point, other assets where you know um, they may not get tired or they may be able to be on every time I'm on, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of different feelings about that, and we don't know where that's going yet. Um, and that would inform my answer, right, around what does it mean for the AI to grow uh, alongside me? Um, I think for me, I'll, I'll say it out now, out loud now, and, and if I say something different in five years, Kai can smack me upside the head. Um, I would always like to see the best AI not be able to be as good as the best well-trained human crews. 100%. I would always like to see the game incentivize human beings coming in groups and doing things together, but not mandate it. So we'll see. Can I, I want to jump in on that a little bit. Uh, Chris Roberts has said this before, and he has said it in a general way, but I think it goes in line with what you're saying, BBG. He said, human players will always be better than the AI. Now that's an interesting statement because they told us at one particular point that they were able to put AI in ships as gunners and they were 100% on mark. You know, he said they were deadly. They were deadly. They, they, they nailed everything. And they said they had, to pull, they had to pull that back. So they have the capability of making that super RoboCop type of AI, evidently, that doesn't miss and can kill in every opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. CIG has talked about this, as you use the word, Jaja, growth. Um, that, the, that these that they learn that there's some for, form of AI that actually gets better because they all have reputations. They they will start out, and the more that you crew them, the more you do with them. Supposedly, they get better. They've talked about the fact that they will be affected by sleep. They will be affected by eating. That you will have to pay them. But that's so much stuff that's down the down the road. Wow, TV Liquid, thank you. Wow, we're getting to the end of our show. <laughs> well, thank you for that rate of 57. Uh, thank you, TV fans. Thank you guys for joining us. We're talking about escorting, uh, escorting service in, in Star Citizen and not the kind of escorting that you're thinking about, but we're talking about uh, what does it mean to do escorts and logistics in the game? So welcome. Thank you guys for coming over. TV, I hope you had a great stream. You guys make sure you check out TV Liquid, great streamer, good content creator here for our community. Um, so the AI think- thing is something that is still, again, 
there's a lot of great ideas out there. When Tony Z did his last presentations, he even gave the example of the AI that was moving around and traveling and learning and doing things. So we know that they want to do something like that, but what exactly, Jot, that growth aspect you talked about, we'll just have to see how that all pans out when it's all said and done. Yeah, Kai, let's, keep in, let's keep in mind, Griff, though, that I think what you just said proves the point. The gunners were 100%. The gunners were perfect. The gunners would destroy any player. And what did CIG do? They said, well, this is no good. We need to dial it back. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they don't want that. Right. They So can you have a situation where the AI is unbeatable? Absolutely, you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but do they have they shown through their words and deeds that they want this or they will not tolerate it? They've mm -hmm. shown that they will not tolerate it. Yeah, yeah, very true. All right, we got a couple more questions here. Let's hit these real quick. One of them is from Pops in Space. He says, we have talked to people that want a solo, want to solo an arrow to take down a hammerhead. Do you think <laughs> that this is the right gameplay for CIG? Now, Pops, I'm that's hedging on the escorting thing because it's more of a combat issue, but I get it uh, that you're asking about if somebody were to uh, be able to do that. If my hammerhead is full of people escorting my ship and an arrow comes along, that ought to be the end of that arrow. It, it, right. It, 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 if all things equal, Pops, let's just say that. Right. All things equal, hammerhead beats the arrow, okay? But we also know things aren't always equal. Can an arrow take out a hammerhead? If they're not well-coordinated, if that arrow pilot is a really good ace pilot and continues to hit vulnerability spots on that ship and pierces through a certain area ship and focuses on it and possibly disables it or takes it out, could happen. Not unreal, not unreal, but again, it should be unlikely, though, all, right? Exactly, uh, again, all things equal, it ain't happening, okay? Right. I, I don't think that's gonna happen, Rare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jaja's got another question, uh, will it be possible to tow a captured big cargo ship to a more discreet location to offload it, you know, like a shop shop? What do you guys think? So, a chop, so the, the premise with a chop shop, you steal the car. Mm -hmm. and drive it to a location yeah. I, as far as can you tow a big cargo ship SRV. i don't think so i think yeah. you would need a fleet of srvs right. but but what griff said earlier is what would be more likely to happen is you know somali pirates don't tow the cargo ship away mm -hmm. they assault the ship they, they take it, it over <laughs> they steal the ship they drive it somewhere they unload the cargo and then they sell the ship to some unscrupulous other people who now have a cheap ship or or they do like one of the orgs in uh, mongrel squad they'll take your ship take it someplace and then they contact you and say hey if you want it back, sell it back. we sell it you ransom it yeah we'll keep, you can have all your cargo stuff in back but you got to pay us for it you know, yeah. there's a lot of gameplay opportunities there. Can you do it with an SRV? Uh, yeah, we, we've got an example on the in, on CIG's webpage where they've got an SRV towing a cutlass, right? Maybe somebody's got their cutlass, they got some stuff in there. You snatch it up and take it. Possibly. Oh, a small ship. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, possibly. But like Kai said, we uh, start getting B? into bigger stuff. Yeah, even a whole A or whole B. But when you start getting into bigger imagine, ships. <laughs> I could also imagine the biggest ships in unusual ports mm -hmm. having a group of tugs that help from a tractor standpoint dock that ship mm -hmm. right so your job as the hull d or hull e pilot is to get the ship to a certain place mm -hmm. and then you sort of surrender control 
and those tugs bring you in. And that's also a form of escort, right? Mm -hmm. Escort tugs exist, right? And in IRL. So I could see that as well. Um, yeah. But I can't see one SRV towing one hull E. Yeah. No, no yeah. way. Yeah. No, and they've talked about the fact that you will be able to use multiple SRVs or tow ships because they've talked about it in relation to leaving atmosphere for some ships if there's too much weight and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's a whole nother show, but, but that, that's another thing. Last question from Jajad. It's an interesting question because this is more of a strategic thing and logistics thing. He says, what does the panel think about transporting extremely valuable cargo like artifacts via regular, tra regular methods or using mm. an armored escort as a decoy? And then sending uh -huh. the priceless artifacts via a standard post. Uh -huh. What do you guys think about that? The, decoy, well, the old decoy switcheroo <laughs> thing. What do you guys think? Yeah, we hit that up earlier on the subject when we were talking about, you know, there's there's multiple routes to security. Mm -hmm. One is through superior force. One is through planning and the route that you're going, not, you know, maybe going several jumps out of your way to stick to all high sec systems as opposed to passing through low sec or null sec. Mm -hmm. And then another way of doing it is through just informational security, operational security, keeping it where nobody knows what's up. And if you're right now, man, if you want to, if you want to, you know, get 50 keys of cocaine across the border or whatever, you don't show up in a Ferrari. You show up in a mom minivan mm -hmm. and, you know, you hide stuff here, there, and wherever. So the people that are looking to take your stuff off of you aren't looking at your ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the folks that, for example, um, bring um, refill ATMs, right? Mm -hmm. You would never notice the vehicles that they do that in. Yeah, they don't even, they don't come armored with a truck that says, hey, ATM money. <laughs> they come in vehicles you would never imagine mm -hmm. uh, to get that done, right? Because that, that's the best form of security for yeah. that type of op operation. Yeah. And so that's happening right now in the real world in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And I can imagine that um, the type of player choice that we have in Star Citizen will allow you to come. You might have like, again, going back to the, imagine I have this, this Indiana Jones artifact of priceless value. I could come loud and proud, big and strong. Mm -hmm. I could come with a 50 uh, vehicle escort, right? To get that. Or I could come in a, you know, in a, in a Drake. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, I don't even look like I'm doing anything. Listen, brother, you uh, can put that bad fella in your Aurora. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and, and, and also keep in mind, keep in mind. Shout out to uh, Prisoner One Thousand. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about an artifact that's small enough that it fits in a briefcase, mm -hmm. you throw it in a briefcase. You put that briefcase in a suitcase along <laughs> with some underwear and shorts and sunglasses and sunscreen, and mm -hmm. you hop on your local United Airlines uh, mm -hmm. Starliner. Mm -hmm. And you're just mm. walking around in flip-flops and shorts and t-shirt and, yeah. and sunglasses like 10 other idiots out there, 10,000 other ones. And number one, 
you have the benefit of secrecy where nobody suspects you. You look like a dude that's on a vacation. You're heading to Vegas. And number two, you have tons of actual security because it's it's United Airlines yeah. where they take care of the security. They yeah. got armed guards everywhere and everybody's being wanded. Nobody can bring weapons on board. Mm. Like that is for sure a, you know, it depends on what you're doing and how you're doing it. The, 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 the possibilities are endless but and to that point a lot of folks right now um who play the game may not realize it they may realize it but they may not realize it mm -hmm. that we have we run through customs right now yeah but that's about to stop armed, <laughs> right <laughs> we run through customs um we don't even pay attention to the fact that it's customs right right um and so to Kai's point, there may be some things that you're bringing through that you look at the customs environment and the security environment, you go, that's just an additional layer of support for me. Mm -hmm. There are other things you might want to move where you can't bring it through customs at all. Right, right. Or right? jurisdictions, whatever, right? Because some jurisdictions you can't Or a mm -hmm. set of information that says, what's the alternative way to get on, get into Area 18, mm -hmm. right? What's yeah. the alternative way to get into new babbage right because right. i can't go through customs i mean look at hurston they don't sell any guns <laughs> like any large guns but they don't you can walk through customs with a rocket launcher on your shoulder and they're like what up dude mm -hmm. like for sure yeah. that's got to change yeah. at some yeah, point come to an end <laughs> and that's going to be a very interesting change for folks who are used to just running mm -hmm. around with the fs9 and f55 on their back mm -hmm. so very true very true okay well, listen, we have had a great conversation, a dynamic conversation. We talked about this whole thing with the escort thing. I keep saying that it doesn't sound right when I say that, right, about escorting. But anyway, we talked about what it means to uh, provide escort services in the verse. That still doesn't sound right, but we Perfect. hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, what? what? Hot ships are in your area. Hot Call ships, now. Yeah, I know. 100% real ships. Call anytime, 24-7. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, no, thank you guys, uh, both uh, BBG and Kai, because they share really great information with everybody. Listen, we got a whole lot of quick announcements we want to give you guys. First of all, don't forget we have Soul Citizens merch. You guys can check it out. There's a link that'll pop up in the chat. If you guys are interested in that, we always appreciate when someone is proud to wear our stuff and send us pictures and all that cool stuff fat old lion what's up fat old lion thank you thank you thank you for that follow we appreciate you in fact hammer i'm not whammer is going to say thank you for that follow all thanks right? for there the follow all right so that's the first thing we want to hit you guys up on but we want to talk about a lot of stuff that's going to be coming up this next week we have several different things first off is our thursday show uh soul talk bbg tell them about soul talk and i'll talk about the other stuff yeah, Soul Talk is Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and it's every Thursday. Uh, and what we do there is is hang out, talk, Star Citizen. Um, so, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite shows. Be sure to attend. We got it this coming Thursday night at 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's our roundtable. So you get to come in with a group of us in Discord and hang out with us. And speaking of coming into Discord and hanging out with us, next Saturday, everybody take a breath. CitizenCon 2952 next Saturday. We will not be doing Soul Voices, but we will be doing our very, 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 very first Soul Citizens Watch Party. So we will be in on this channel in Discord. You guys can come into the Discord, hang out with us, watch um, the different sessions. As you guys know, there are seven sessions. 
We're going to watch those. Then whenever there's a break, we're going to talk. We're going to have conversations in Discord ourselves. We're going to be also streaming. I think I'm pretty sure we're going to stream it. <clears throat> we'll be streaming it as well. And just having a lot of fun. As you guys know, CitizenCon is our annual, like we call it our annual report, right? On what's going on with the game and the progress of the game. So we're looking forward to being here. Hopefully you guys will be able to join us as well. That's next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. my time, if I'm not mistaken. So, and we'll be there for that whole time. So hopefully you guys can join us for that. Then next Sunday, oh, and Kai, you're going to be one of our guests that day too. We just got to find out what time slot you're going to be on Saturday, okay? Fantastic, um, I'm down. Yep, and then Sunday uh, at 8 p.m. next week, uh, we're going to be doing our review of CitizenCon. And so hopefully you guys will be able to join us for that. We'll talk about what we learned, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, what we're excited about. And hopefully you guys will be able to join us and share your thoughts in chat with us as well. And that will be on next Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Ah, got it all out. So I want to say a special thank you to BBG and to Kaizen. Thank you guys both sharing all your great wisdom and knowledge with the community as always. Appreciate you. Kai, thank you. Thank you thank again. For you and, you and Fastcard, thank you for doing this thing. Soul Citizens is one of the most positive online experiences I've ever had. So absolutely, it's, it's a blessing to be here. Well, thank Damn, you. I even agree with him on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a positive group of people that watch us. And you know, we have some folks that, you know, they got some good critical, critical thinking stuff about the game. So, you know, and that's we're, good. It's, we're all here for the same thing. We want to see the game happen and, and happen the right way. And yeah, and live long enough to see it. So yeah, we want <laughs> all that stuff, right? Anyway, thank you guys for being here. For those of you who follow today, thank you guys for following us. If you've never been here before, all of those who kicked us off with our October subscriptions, we thank you guys as well. Thank you for those who rated us tonight. We also appreciate you all. And again, hopefully we'll see you guys this week on next Sunday. Please join us Saturday and Sunday if you got nothing else to do. And until then, we will see you guys later. We're going to be doing a raid. We're going to raid out, uh, you know what, I've kind of, uh, Admiral Kusanagi. Yeah, we can talk about that real quick. On October the 15th, the week after CitizenCon, we are going to be doing a virtual bar citizen. Many of you have participated in that before. The one that we do after CitizenCon and the one we do after IAE are really, really big. Uh, so we um, are going to put a link in the chat for you guys. You have to register for it but you get to meet up with a lot of content creators, a lot of people from the community, people from CIG usually drop in. Don't know if they will, but usually they always drop in. We do giveaways, we have a lot of fun. It's gonna be on the 15th, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time till 9 p.m. Eastern time for six hours. Sometimes we go over a little bit, but in the general, we wanna get people from over across the pond in the UK and Japan that can join us, as well as folks here in the States, South America and Canada. So there's the link. If you guys are interested, you gotta register for it. Uh, we have a great time. Hopefully you'll be able to join us for that. All right, we want to go ahead and get our raid going. We are going to raid a good friend of ours, which is Maiden Ariana. Uh, if just She just got started up her stream a little while ago. So if you've never sat and watched her, go over there. Let her know she came over from Soul Citizens. If you like what you see, of course, follow her. And uh, we appreciate you. And uh, as we always tell you guys, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and peace, love, and soul. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. Take care, everybody. Take care.